Welcome to the Screamcast, episode 142. I am Sean DeRager, and with me is Brad Henderson. Hey, Sean. Hey, Brad. How's it going? <laughs> it's going. It's going well. Cool. Um, joining us, her first time as the official co-host, Stephanie Crawford. What's up? Welcome. Welcome aboard. Hey, thank you so much. This is exciting. BJ is at a rehearsal. She will be joining uh, for the smut-filled back room a little bit later in the episode. But joining in her stead is uh, the infamous Rob Hunter. Rob, welcome to the Screamcast. Thank you for having me. Chief film critic, <laughs> uh, Film School Rejects. I am a word person, so I look forward to sharing some such words this evening. Very nice. And as always, podcast interrupted by a dog bark. Um, today we are diving into the past few months of the Vinegar Syndrome releases. So we will be... God damn it. Hold on. This is just really good. God just keep it. going. I can just keep going. Let's edit. We can edit. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, why do Seriously, that though, now? This- Guesting on this podcast is seriously the most stress-free <laughs> podcast experience because no matter what I possibly do, I could like kill a whore right now on air, and I think it would still pale beside the chaos that comes out yeah, of yeah. Sean's microphone. Yes, yes. Uh, we're, we're talking about the films uh, Nurse Sherry, Red Roses of Passion, My Chauffeur, and Snapshot. Uh, as I said, we'll be covering the smut a little bit later in the episode, so stick around mm. for that. Smart. First, though, uh, let's jump into what's under doorstep. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Who wants to go first? I volunteer Sean since he's already like teetering on the edge. <laughs> the edge of insanity. <laughs> yeah. You guys don't know Shoot, my life. Shoot, Sean. You really don't know my life. I actually You don't some- know my life. I know. I, I actually had some time to watch watch some shit. Uh, the first oh. things I wanted to talk about very quickly is um, a couple <laughs> films from Ben Wheatley. I watched High Rise okay. and Free Fire. Okay. Um, I basically knew nothing other than what Brad had told me about Free Fire, but uh, I was not aware that it was a one-location type film. Loved the hell out of it. It was like an hour and a half Shootout, it was an hour, not like, it was an hour and a half shootout. Set in the 70s, great dialogue, fantastic action scenes. Um, Army Hammer is a badass, and I want to rub my face on his beard. But uh, pretty damn good. High Rise, however, I did not enjoy. Hmm. Rob, Um, what did you think about Free Fire? Because I was curious, were you one of the ones? Because, like, it seems that whenever I saw Free Fire at South By... Like, I was, like, coming out of there, like, wow, whoa. And then everybody else was like, this is the worst movie I've ever seen. <laughs> it sounds like you saw Free Fire with a bunch of assholes. Okay, I, I just I just wanted to know your opinion, because it seems like no one's, like, in between on it. They're like, it's the worst fucking thing ever, or people love it. And I was just like, I don't understand, like... I mean, High Rise, I could totally see somebody not digging that movie. I prefer, I like, I like High Rise a lot. But I could totally understand. It's just, I, I mean, I can understand why people don't like Free Fire, but there was just so many. Hmm. 
I just didn't get it. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't get it either because it's it's a real. I mean, it's admittedly a one note movie, but that one note is just like a good time. And so yeah. it's. Yeah. I don't know what the issue would be. I mean, I guess if you just don't like, maybe if you want more depth in your action movies, and that's fine. But I think even if you were one of those people, um, there's still room in this world for movies that are just you know just have great action, great one liners, a stellar cast, and then they end and you move on. I mean, yeah. it's, yeah. it's. I think it's a super fun movie. I think yeah. maybe no, I agree. High, I love maybe. It. Maybe coming from High Rise, people expecting more. I felt like High Rise was trying a little too hard. Like I, I feel like High Rise. I need to revisit. It's one of those I feel like, that a lot more people liked High Rise than they did Free Fire, and I yeah, thought they it did. Would be the complete opposite. So, you know, and I, I personally, I really do like High, uh, high Rise quite a bit. Um, they're two totally, totally different movies, though. Totally. But um, I, I don't know. I just what are you, PJ Souls? Um, I, uh, I, I dig, I dig both of them. I like all of Wheatley's work. I mean, I think a field in England's the only one that's kind of like, yeah. Um, but everything else I'm, I'm always on board. I mean, he's thoroughly entertaining. His movies are completely, you know, one from the others. Very different. I dig it. Very nice. All right. Uh, moving on. I finally finished season one of Ash versus the evil dead in order. So I can, so I can start, uh, season two. Um, if you've been sitting on this and haven't wanted to, to watch it, I think there's a lot of fun to be had. It's more in the Army of Darkness side as opposed to Evil Dead side of things. Uh, it's uh, a very mixed bag that season one is, and I'm very curious uh, how they do season two. Because season one, they ramp up the uh, Ash is a complete ass. They ramp up the uh, slapstick, um, and then the, some, the CGI gourd really grinds on my nerves. But that said, it's fun to have a film, you know, in the Evil Dead kind of universe, kind of, or not a film, but a series that feels like a pseudo sequel. But I, I'm, I'm curious about season two. So has anybody, Rob, have you seen season two? Can you, uh, I, I made it through, I, I'm going to out myself here as being someone who actually prefers the, uh, Fede Alvarez Evil Dead to Sam Raimi's. Okay, um, that's fine. I, I think it's a solid remake. And yeah, but I mean, so part of it is, I mean, I, th- I think for me, the Evil Dead movies, the uh, Sam Raimi's ones, they kind of were a series for me. Everyone else, I'm happy that you enjoy them. <laughs> for me, a series of uh, diminishing returns. Hmm. And so I watched the first couple episodes of Ash vs. Evil Dead, and because it was, it did have more of that uh, kind of slapsticky tone of Army of Darkness. I just recognized it as something that wasn't for me, so I, I pretty much stopped watching okay. it. All right. You know, every once in a while. Rob has a movie that he dislikes <laughs> that I love, and I don't understand it sometimes. But most of the time, nine out of ten times, Rob says things that just gives me the biggest boner and stuff like that. Because <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, I love that people love Evil Dead. Steph, are you a fan of Evil Dead? Yeah, big time. Okay, see, like I'm with like I've watched Evil Dead once. I've watched Evil Dead two once, and I've seen Army of Darkness once, and I like don't have the biggest draw like go back and watch them like they're there they're fine yep but yep. um I, I i can't ever so in like i'm the same way i've watched the uh, remake three times mm-hmm. <laughs> you know um i'm not going out there to say it's you know a, a totally better movie but it's just i don't know it's just a little more I'll, my I'll speed <laughs> yeah. well, no it's just it's just a little more my speed i think i i mean i I'm really funky with horror comedy, mm-hmm. um, and I just like I, I'm just always yeah. I have no interest in the show. <laughs> totally fine. 
No uh, screencast. Like I have no interest in screencast anymore. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I saw that coming. <laughs> no, I, I feel lucky. I love the original trilogy. I really liked um, the remake reimagining that came out and I'm really enjoying Ash versus the evil dead um, as well. So I, I feel pretty spoiled. I just like love the universe, I guess is there <laughs> as the reimagining is. <laughs> Yeah, oh, no, I have. I've, I'm having. I had a lot of fun with the series. I think it's just it's kind of going in. Like you have to go in kind of with your ex- expectations in check. And once I kind of saw what it was doing, I was like, all right, cool. It's a fun. I mean, the, the episodes are 30 minutes a piece. Super easy to kind of breeze through whenever I wanted to. I didn't really. I would go long stretches without watching any episodes, and I would jump right back in. Um, it was just one of those. Like I, it was casual for me. It, was, it didn't keep me coming back quickly, but I had fun. Little, in little thirty minute spurts. So, anyway, uh, moving along. There's a, this next film I saw. I got the UK Blu-ray. I guess it's coming to th- uh, to theaters soon. It's a film called Pilgrimage, and it stars Tom Holland and uh, John Bernthal and Richard Armitage. And uh, I guess, well, is it out of VOD now? Yeah, I think it's on VOD. I think I okay. saw it when I was scrolling the okay. other day. Um, I'm a sucker for these kind of like medieval films, and when I saw that it starred uh, John uh, Bernthal, I was like, "Fuck yeah, I'm gonna watch this." And I, I, I thought it was really good. It was about this, this group of monks; they have to transport this holy rock uh, to Rome, and they get some, you know, some badass guys uh, to help protect everything. John, that's what uh, John Bernthal. I can't. Wait, I'm gonna pronounce his name wrong this whole time. Bernthal. John Bernthal. Uh, he's a badass and he's probably the reason you would want to really watch this. And, he's uh, easily the best thing about it too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he plays the mute and he's really awesome. The movie I think kind of stumbles tonally and um, I don't, I don't get Tom Holland. I haven't seen the new Spider-Man yet, but I don't get Tom Holland. Oh, you'll get him once you see that new Spider-Man. Oh, oh will I? Yep. But uh, anyway, it's pretty good, and uh, I, I would recommend – like this is the type of thing I would say rent it. Like I wouldn't say run out and watch it in a theater. But uh, if you're a fan of John Bernthal, like for sure, um, he has his scenes in this movie, and it's definitely worth uh, definitely worth seeing, especially uh, near the end. He has just an awesome um, action scene in it. So Is that the dude in Sicario that attacks Emily Blunt? Yeah. Okay. He's the Punisher. I don't know. I don't watch those shows. And he's in Walking Dead as some annoying character. The accountant. He's also in that. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right. I got a couple more, and then I'll turn it over to you guys. Um, oh, okay, I finally, cool. I finally watched Clown. <laughs> Everyone's talked about Clown, directed by John Watts. Uh, if you've been sleeping on that, give it a watch. Did it's you, on Netflix, I believe. Sean? Did you talk about that last time? Did I talk about Clown? I don't know. I can't remember. Um, I don't write this shit down. Did I talk about Autopsy of Jane Doe last time? No, I don't think so. I watched that. It's awesome, and it's a tragedy that Screen Factory wasted everything and didn't put any special features or anything on this Blu-ray. Just, just buy it digitally. Fuck Blu-ray. Maybe, maybe nobody wanted to do special features on it, Sean. I guess not. But uh, it's a damn good film. It's one of those. Isn't it? Isn't it one of their IFC ones? Yeah. Yeah. The IFC yeah, really, ones. Yeah, they hardly. Well, here's do. the thing. Here's the thing is I don't know like I don't know the business deal between those two but historically through IFC 
IFC secretly hates movies <laughs> because before Screen Factory, stuff was only released on DVD, and they were yeah. bare bones, and then they would bury them. Yeah. Thankfully, uh, you know, Screen Factory works with them because at this point we get the things on um, on uh, on Blu-ray now. But, dude, yeah, it's just it's just it's just a waste. It's just, it's a waste of physical media. I mean, it looks and sounds great, but you know, you want. I build my collection kind of wanting to revisit things, maybe look at some, hear some commentaries, see some special features on top of to enrich my enjoyment of the film. And like, this is such a good film. I think everyone should see it, but it's, it's just, it's, it's just a shame. There's nothing like at all. And I think on some other releases elsewhere, uh, in the world, there was at least something, um, uh, I, I want to say there was a commentary, but somewhere, but, uh, anyway, um, and speaking of IFC, uh, the Devil's Candy is on Netflix for some reason before Blu-ray. Uh, so I finally watched Devil's Candy. And it's on it's Blu-ray awesome. now. What are you talking about? It's not on Blu-ray until September. Oh. It's on a DVD, I think, exclusive from Walmart right now. Jesus Christ. Or maybe, maybe blue, freaking... It doesn't come out wide until September, though. I'm going to have oh. a conniption. I'm going to have a, my, my brain's going to explode with IFC. But uh, Devil's Candy, you can watch it now on Netflix. Uh, really awesome heavy metal movie. That, uh, that you haven't checked out. We've talked about it quite a bit on the show. Starring Ethan Embry, who's really become, like, a fucking badass. Like, I can't believe this is the guy from, like, that thing you do. Like, every time I see him in a movie, I'm just, like, astounded that he's evolved into this, you know, um, just, uh, just straight up, you know, badass actor. It's really cool. Okay, well, Sean. He, he already agreed to appear on your other podcast. You can let it go now, okay? <laughs> I wasn't even yeah. talking about that. I did book and him for the Armchair Philosopher podcast, by the way. And he's uh, all, and he'll always be Preston Myers, man. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, and finally, uh, Species looks damn good on Blu-ray. I got the collector's edition, and I have no shame. No, no sense diving into talking in-depth about Species. Either you like it or not, and... Uh, the collect- this collector's edition is a-, a welcome addition to my shelf. That's it. Whew. Cool. Rob. Yes. Go. Um, do-, do they have to be movies that like literally appear on your doorstep or could they be ones no, no, that no. you just happened no. to watch recently? Dude, you've listened to the show. <laughs> As my dog. Have you? have you, have you listened to the show? <laughs> um, yes. How'd that sound? <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, so I let's see. At, at the bottom of the pile, I recently for a, a project I was working on, I watched all eight Children of the Corn movies. Oh Jesus Christ! Um, so that was fun. <laughs> but uh, I also recently watched out, watched, caught something that uh, you guys, I'm sure, have already seen. Uh, I have not yet until until recently called The Dead Next Door movie from the late '80s. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yeah, I just watched it recently on the new blue, and I uh, very much enjoyed it. Um, it's uh, for me, anyways. It had like a really good kind of a, I mean, not to the same level, but it had kind of a Peter Jackson bad taste vibe to it, with the you know the homegrown uh, you know performers and style and effects, um, a good sense of humor. Uh, I thought it just was a fun movie that kind of exceeded what I have come to expect from these you know super low budget. Uh, made in the eighties movies that a lot of labels are putting out now. So I was really happy with that one. Um, apparently more so than you guys were. No, we loved it. We interviewed uh, okay, cool. the director. Yeah, we have a J- 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 episode on it. J.R. Bookwalter is a close personal friend of the Screamcast. 
Ooh, nice. Um, I also watch Baywatch. No, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious about. I'm sorry. It. Um, it's a uh, yeah. It's a uh, I I lo- I do love the the cast. Uh, Alexander Daddario, of course, is always a plus. But um, you know, Dwayne Johnson and uh, what's his name, Zac Efron, I think are funny guys. But um, yeesh, no, not not funny. <laughs> Uh, not entertaining, and it actually has, uh, to my eyes, the worst uh, special effects of any of Johnson's movies, um, which is kind of a impressive feat. Uh, as far as the new movies go, uh, DVD screener of Jackals arrived on my doorstep. Have you guys yeah. seen this one yet? Yeah, uh, <laughs> I kind of enjoyed it. Uh, the the ending, the third act, to me is a huge letdown. But up until that point, I was really on board. It's kind of a home invasion movie. Uh, with some interesting angles and uh, there's some good beats. The the characters are pretty smart for most of it until, like I said, the third act. Um, a little bit of blood, and uh, it's 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 also good fun. So and that one I think is coming out or comes out tomorrow. I think on VOD. Uh, yeah. so, it's 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 fun. Yeah, it it it. Uh, I I agree that the first and second act are very very strong, and then it just kind of just says, "Eh, yep, we're we're going to end it for you now." I feel like it gave up and didn't quite know how to get, you know, the situation over with or how, how to get out of it. And so yeah. it just kind of ramped it up and said, okay, boom, end of movie, and which, which is a, a massive uh, misfire. But up until that point, it's good. So as far as whether or not it's worth the uh, VOD rental or purchase, however that works, I, I'm not sure. But um, if you like the cast, then I, I th- I'd say give it a spin. Yeah, Jonathan, um, was it? Scratch, scratch, something like that? Yeah, that thing you do. Also yeah, starring? Wow. Yeah, he's... he's there you go. <laughs> I like him quite a bit. Yeah, no, he's good. I, th- I think the cast in general does a good job with it. Um, and so, like I said, it's, it's, it was just disappointing in that third act. But up until then, I think it was, it was good fun. Well, if you heard Stephanie, she did a deep cut actually saying Ethan Embry's uh, original name when he was casted in, uh, like, Dutch and stuff. So Dutch. Yeah, Dutch with Ed O'Neill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Classic Thanksgiving. Yeah. <laughs> um, those are probably the most recent ones that I've seen. Um, I did give Ronin a rewatch recently. Oh my god, it's mm. so uh, fucking good. Uh, yeah, I, I can get that. I continue to be a huge fan. The new Arrow Blue, yeah, you definitely do. It's it's gorgeous. So um, extras are great too. But I mean, to, to Sean's point earlier, even if this was like a bare bones, just this movie restored, I would be all about getting it because it just looks gorgeous, and I love playing it loud. Um, so it's it's definitely a high, highly recommended one. Yeah, it was. Uh, I watched it recently too. That was one of the ones I was going to cover. It's just, it's still like it's still perfect. It's got some really great, just like I mean, before all this like crazy fucking carrying. Like I mean, I like Fast and Furious shit too, but like before all the massive CGI, everything's mm-hmm. just like all natural and. It's got, like I said, it's got a great cast. It's got a, you know, a cool little story. It's just, it's just a really great movie. I also liked um, that uh, it's got what's her name, Natasha McElone. I don't know how to pronounce her last yeah, name. Yeah, yeah, but she's I, really I, great she, too. She's fantastic, anyways. But I, what I love is that she's one of the two drivers in the big uh, third act chase. And yeah. I think that you know, prior to the past couple of years, where you know w- women in action started getting much more higher profile roles, like whether it be like Fury Road or whatever, and the and the, fa- the uh, Fast and the Furious movies, you can see a lot of uh, you know really well done car chase, serious car chases with women drivers. So it's that also to me is a plus. Yeah. And that's how you do it quickly, Sean. Bam. Oh. <laughs> 
Good job. Shit. <laughs> All right, Steph. Let's hear you. Okay. Um, I also recently saw The Devil's Candy, and I really, really enjoyed it. Um, and I grew up seeing Ethan Embry, Ethan Randall, and all the funny roles. But um, I think since uh, Incident on and off a mountain road from the Masters of Horror series, he's been exploring the more intense roles in his career, and I've really enjoyed it. So um, I'm with you. That one's definitely... That's where he, like, plays, like, the abusive boyfriend, but it, like, trains her to be, like, Yeah, he's, like, a prepper psychopath. Yeah, yeah, or end-of-the-world person, like, yeah. That movie's okay. Kind of. (laughs) Can I just add one thing about Devil's Candy? In that it's, to me, it's it's probably one of the most uh, successfully intense movies, like, genre movies I've seen in a long time that it, it hits those beats and is able to like main it's a short movie, but it, it holds it and maintains that intensity uh, for like, you know, a large chunk of the running time that, you know, and leaves yeah. you actually giving a shit about these characters, leaves you on edge, wraps up, lands the ending. Uh, just, I'm a huge fan of that movie. Yeah. It's not too many movies that you can have uh, spend, you know, a minimum of three minutes with characters and yeah, absolutely just fall in love and adore them. And that's what the Devil Candies does. Like you automatically that relationship between, you know, the dad and daughter, just with the music like in the car when they're headbanging. Yeah. I mean, it's such a little like crucial point. It really draws you in. Um yeah, I'm a huge fan of that movie as well. Yeah, right from the stars, like, God damn it, I really care about these people. This is gonna be yeah. painful. And I was right. It's so tense. Um Let's see. I picked up the American Genre Film Archives release of Effects, and I saw that for the first time. Same. And it was amazing. I I was expecting it to be a lot grimier than it was, but I thought it was actually really charming. You can definitely tell a group of uh, friends made it together. Um, it was a lot of fun, and the beside the behind the scenes documentary was amazing. They got everyone. George Romero was there. It, it was I don't know. I was oddly touched by this release. <laughs> I really recommend it. Anybody else? Yeah, I got agree. It? It's, no, it's a, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, we um I saw it recently as well uh, for the first time. It was a new one for me. So. Yeah, same here. And I, it's, it's like to your point, I, I did expect it to be grimier, but I also expected it to be uh, gorier. Um, from you know, from Tom Savini's be, being a part of it, just from hearing about it in kind of like little you know offhand mentions in like interviews and magazines over the years, um, it kind of built up into my head as this uh, you know this big effects masterpiece. And so, not masterpiece, but big big effects you know, extravaganza. Um, and so, watching it, I, I actually really liked it quite a bit. And it definitely was a film that was ahead of its time. And then, you know, forgotten. So I'm definitely happy to see it, you know, back in front of eyeballs now. This is the same company that released uh, Zodiac Killer, yeah? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Very nice. Have, have we talked about, uh, have you talked about Zodiac Killer at all, Brad? No, but I'm going to. Oh, damn. Spoiler <laughs> alert. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hand it over to Brad then. Oh it. shit! That was that was too quick. I wasn't That's ready. That's how you do it, Chris. Oh man! Oh my <laughs> god! Zodiac Killer is great. That's how you do it quickly. I'm done. <laughs> um, all right. Um, so I'll talk about some maybe some cool things here. 
Um, so yeah, I mean, Zodiac Killer's fine. It's 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 fun. It's weird. Um, you know, I think it's definitely one of those things. It's uh, kind of a party movie. Invite some people over and watch it. It's uh, it's crazy. Um, I, I don't know if I can really compare it to anything. Were you at the screening uh, during Fantastic Fest, Rob? I was not. So my first watch of it was on this uh, Blu-ray. Yeah. Did you did you feel the same way? Like because it played really well with the crowd. I can um, see it playing well with the crowd. And I to to what you just said, I think it'd be actually be a great uh, like kind of murder mystery movie where you can have you know in, in advance picked one of your guests to actually be the Zodiac killer <laughs> over the course of the movie. I don't know what you would do. Some kind of you know party. And no, it's, I, yeah, <laughs> I think it's cool. yeah. But yeah, no, it's definitely that kind of movie. Like I, I don't, as a standalone, just sitting here in my living room watching it. It's not. It's, it's not a great movie. Um, it's one that to me is more made more engaging by its backstory, as opposed to um, fully what I'm seeing on screen. Yeah, I didn't get to the uh, the other film that's on the on the Blu-ray, but yeah, it's. It's yeah, I, I I dig the movie. Um, the other thing I watched, I was super pumped about this. Um, it's uh, called The Klansman. It's from um, 1974. It has um, Lee Marvin and O.J. Simpson. Um, it's uh, basically his town, and I thought this was going to be like one of these movies where it's like, oh shit, this needs to be you know watched by everybody right now because what you know this world's you know going through. So it's just a small town that is, you know, has a Ku Klux Klan. Um, you know, they are beating black people in the streets and getting away with, you know, everything. Um, Lee Marvin plays the sheriff of the town who's, you know, just one of those people that, you know, doesn't really agree or disagrees with anything. He just tries to make peace and be friends with both sides, which obviously doesn't work because we have a terrible side in this uh county but you know it's like 80 percent of the county i heard um, i heard that both sides are terrible though <laughs> <laughs> so um he uh he tries to keep peace between everything there's an uh, older gentleman that lives on the mountain who um in, in the county who kind of oversees and helps a lot of these uh you know um ex-slaves or just people in poverty he has a big farm and you know he he doesn't keep them as slaves he keeps them as regular human beings um but uh you know he kind of oversees that and helps out um and of course the clan hates that so at all a lot of racial tension goes on through the film and then it has uh, kind of an explosive ending that's decent um but it's just like it never like it seems like it's going to have teeth, but it never like bites down. It's just like, okay, here we go. And then we're just going to like let up, but we're not going to go that far. And that's kind of what this movie needed. It needed to be more, I think it needed to be more exploitive and um, heavy rather than being so, um, I was researching, apparently it was made for TV, which then it seems like it goes too far for TV. So I think that's probably why it got a little notoriety because people were watching it on television saying, holy shit, like this is really fucking heavy. But, um, yeah, it's, it's decent. I I think, I think people would like it. Um, next up, man, this movie fucking blew me away. Um, uh, night game. Um, Dude, this movie like came out on Blu-ray from Olive. Um, 
and like it had like the hook and the baseball and i was like okay that that, that looks cool and it's like i read about it and it's like a thriller is it the it's, roy scheider one oh, that yeah cover. yeah like oh that's it, amazing. yeah it's it's really fucking good um it's a pseudo slasher but also kind of has that thriller and crime drama aspect to it um so uh roy scheider plays the police detective who is trying to catch this serial killer that's on the beach who is slashing women with his hook um and uh you know i I don't read the synopsis don't like read about it because the whole ball game baseball thing is not really thrown in your face right away it's kind of like what it builds up to so like don't read about what the baseball element is. It's just a really like fun slasher. It, it that's what it felt like. It has so many slasher elements. It's got some great lighting. Um the, the only downfall is Karen Young is one of the worst actresses in this movie. She's not bad in everything she's in, but she has the worst accent in this movie and just like she tries to play like a hillbilly and it's just coming across as just like just She's just trying way too hard. But other than that, she's not in the film that much. You know, she's just one of those characters in the background. But um, uh, Roy Schneider is just so good at, like, building up and, like, bursting. Like, he has, you know, just that character, like, in Jaws, um, where he wants to do so much and have everything in control. But he's just stopped from, you know, you know, everybody's just in his way. Um, but yeah, Night Game's really good. It's got a you know a pretty good soundtrack. It's it's really well edited. I mean, everything about the film I, I really uh, enjoyed quite a bit. I like that one too, and I've always kind of liked it as a, a pseudo double feature with that Kurt Russell movie, The Mean Season. To me, it, it's it's got a a similar kind of vibe to it. Yeah, with you know with with the, a really likable lead character, a, you know, a side love story is not as important as the screen time might suggest. Um, and, uh, just, just a, a good back and forth between, um, again, our lead and the, this person who is the, the killer. And they both had that same kind of, to me, that same kind of atmosphere. Um, they're both set kind of in, uh, I think mean seasons, Florida, but, uh, I don't, I don't remember where, where's, where's the, uh, where's night game. It's somewhere down there. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's it's on the beach. I mean, yeah. So it's 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 always to me. It's always had that same kind of uh, vibe, and they're both they're both like mid or late eighties as well. Yeah, this one's yeah, this one's uh, eighty nine. So it's it's still got that eighties vibe, but also has that steamy drama thriller mm-hmm. thing from the nineties, which I really really like. Um, which yeah, I didn't think it would be this early, you know. Um, uh, because I mean that wasn't until like ninety, like maybe ninety. Two, uh, those steamy. Uh, I guess Two Moon Junction was eighty nine, um, but uh, yeah, the, kind of that steamy, sexy feel, and that's what this movie has as well, which I really liked. Um, shit, man, I've watched so many fucking movies. What do I pick? Um, so I, I pick something rare. Um, I watched this uh, movie called uh, Rider of the Skull. It's from Mexico. Um, it's from the fifties. Um, it never got released over in America. So I'm going to talk about it for some weird reason. It just really, it's really great. It's, um, I want to know the backstory on it. Cause it seems like it might've been a TV show. 
and then spliced into kind of an anthology film. Um, but it's this guy who's kind of like this Zorro character who has a 12 year old boy and a, um, a drunk, like an old man drunk as a sidekicks. And he wears like this little bandana over his face and he hunts, um, in the film, he hunts the headless horseman. Then he hunts Dracula and he hunts Wolfman. <laughs> um, and like, he's just going after these, uh, monsters. Uh, so it, it's set up like in three different areas. Um, and you know, uh, you know, he's not tracking all three at one time. It's separate stories, which leads me to believe this possibly could have been, you know, like a serial or a, um, you know, something as far as just, you know, just a, uh, you know, a pilot for a TV show they were trying to go for. But and I think that's maybe the one of the reasons why it suffered a um, uh, suffered a release. But it's a lot of fun. Um, it's really fucking funny. Um, it, it feels that uh, David the Rock Nelson was uh, was part of it. Like everything between the Wolfman and Dracula, like I really felt David the Rock Nelson was behind those masks, um, which made it even more fun. For me, um, just because David the Rock Nelson, even though he's absolutely off his rocker, he he makes the silliest monster movies. Um, we talked about Ronin. Uh, OK, um, yeah, I think I might that might be it. There's way too much to talk about. I'm done. Right on. Uh, I forgot one. Oh, <laughs> I, I wanted to mention this real quick because I don't know, if, Rob, if, if you've seen it, if you guys have seen it. But uh, Adam Wingard's take on Death Note is on Netflix, and I gave that a yep. watch. I'm a huge fan of Death Note. I I enjoyed seeing like his take on like an Americanized version of it. I think if you if you're a Death Note fan, you're always going to love the original series, the animated series. And if you want to dive into Death Note, like that's would be my preferred way to dive into that series, but. I think like he did what he could as far as like an Americanized remake goes. I think it works as a better uh, remake of a Japanese anime than like Ghost in the Shell does. It doesn't have kind of the cultural hangups that Ghost in the Shell does. But um, if you're curious about it and you want to give it a shot, I'd say it's it's worth your time. Um, he he uses he has great soundtrack in it, uh, some good some good needle drops and some really fun kind of gore scenes in it. But I feel like since he's condensing such a big source material in, into like an hour and a half film, I think like the narrative struggles a bit and um, the cat and mouse game that's kind of featured in the, uh, in the series, it, you get like a, a taste of that here, but it's like they almost kind of steamroll through that. And I, I think, I think that's, yeah, that, that's the, the big issue for me. I'm yeah. wholly indifferent to the, to the death note world in general, <clears throat> yeah. but this movie, it felt like it, it clearly should have been, like a you know five or six episode yeah uh, series or mini series of some kind because it it's after that intro it becomes like this super fast just everything is jam packed together there's huge questions left unanswered not even like in a in the mystery sense but in the sense of like you just don't know what what the hell's going on or why yeah um, the only part of it that really worked for me was uh, Lakeith Stanfield as L like I I'd watch yeah. his character in a spinoff series oh, man, in a heartbeat. He's- He's great. And there's, well, there's this uh, extended chase, like foot chase, 
near the uh, near the end of the film and is it Nat Nat Wolf or Nate Wolf? <laughs> He's, I don't know if the run, his running was stylistic choice, <laughs> but it's just like, I laughed at that too, yeah. He's just like flailing, like it's like, it's a, it's a wonder he's even staying upright. Like he should be falling down at the, with every step that he takes. <laughs> That's like, his character is so different than the anime. He's like this sniveling, like white privileged kid. Um, and then his girlfriend, who I don't, who I don't think necessarily is in, the original series, their relationship is a bit different, but, um, but I'd say if, if, if it's kind of death note light, like if you're curious about it, like, you know, you couldn't go wrong. You can't go wrong checking out. I don't think it's this horrible thing that it's being kind of just drug through the mud by, by the, the show, by the diehard fans of death note. But there's, there's enough there to like. It's a Netflix show. If you don't like it, you can turn it off. There's no, there's, or a death note, or a, a Netflix movie. But if you don't like it, you can turn it off. But I think there's enough there to dig. And then Willem Dafoe voicing Ryuk and, uh, is, is pretty cool. But, uh, but yeah, I wish, I wish I could like, give it a total, like, enthusiastic, like, this is a great adaptation. Um, it's good. It definitely does not go in a great territory. Like, I think it's better. I think it's better than the Japanese. Uh, live action films. Um, I only saw the first one, so I liked. I was entertained by this more. But uh, like I said, if you want to watch Death Note, Death Note, you want to see the best presentation of that story, definitely watch the anime series. It's uh, it's head and shoulders above above this. But I mean, you know, you got to hand to Adam Winger, like you know, like give him a pat, a pat on the back, right? Like good job. You, you, I think he did what he set out to do. I think it was kind of a hard thing to really tackle. I think anybody would have issues and have to make, you know, hard creative choices to ad- adapt this. And I think that he did the best he could with the material. Cool. Do we all get another turn now? <laughs> yeah, 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 go for it. Why not? Just you. Oh, all right. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I want to go again. Does anyone have so I saw this movie. I saw this movie called Burglar from Hell. <laughs> That's not a real movie. <laughs> no, it is. It's a shot on video movie from the '90s. It's really great, but um, I'm not going to talk about it. Right. On. All right. <laughs> oh, okay. So, did you have another film you want to talk about? Because you know, it, it, it really doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Fine. She's just already fitting in. I know, right? It's all. It's all good. <laughs> Look, I got tough skin. I can handle it. I. You know. Until, until the mic gets turned off, computer's turned off, and I'm in bed by myself just crying, and my wife is like, what's wrong? And I'm like, you wouldn't understand. <laughs> Your wife really doesn't mean care. To me again. Oh my gosh. <laughs> she, does, she, does, she doesn't. She would basically tell me to go downstairs because I'm keeping her up. Um, you should actually turn that to another segment for the podcast. It's <laughs> like I hit a microphone. Yeah. Crying All right. Um, We'll take a break and jump into news with Josh Obershaw. We'll be back talking some vinegar syndrome right after this. And we take a break from the madness uh, that is today's episode to talk to Josh Obershaw, who has the new release news, or I guess announcements news. I haven't, I need to title this segment other than just news, don't I, Josh? Welcome. <laughs> no, that's all good. I don't mind calling it the news because, you know, it, it isn't just, you know, Blu-ray releases that I talk about. I mean, right. once in a while, 
it'll be something different. I mean, I got a couple of little, little things that are not related to physical media, but okay, you well, know, it's all I'll, good. Uh, I'll stop overthinking it then. <laughs> no, nah, seems to be my problem. It's all lately. good. <laughs> all right, man. What you got for us? Okay, well, those uh, little non. Blu-ray bits that I wanted to share with you. Not that it really matters if you don't live in Los Angeles or don't have 250 bucks to spare, but the original Misfits are reuniting for one show in Los Angeles. They're going to be playing the LA Forum on December 30th. So that's cool, I guess. I mean, from what I heard, I thought the whole Riot Fest thing was going to be a one-time deal, but I, I, I assume not. I assumed wrong. I mean, money to be made. I guess. I guess they're just testing the waters right now to make sure that you know Jerry and Danzig don't fucking kill each other or (laughs) anything on stage, or we get to see a real life horror show on stage. (laughs) Meanwhile, Gigi Allen's in his grave, going "fuck." (laughs) Son of a bitch just stole my act. (laughs) Oh, the other thing, uh, John Carpenter's going out on tour. He's doing yeah. a short tour in the fall to promote his new album, Anthology, Movie Themes, 1974-1998. I'm glad I corrected myself because I have 1988 right here in my notes, and that is wrong. So, yeah, if you um, if you look him up, then you might be able to catch him. I know he's playing here in Los, um, not here in Los Angeles. I mean, I'm not currently in Los Angeles right now. That's just wishful thinking on my part, folks. Don't mind me. Will but, it into uh, being, Josh? Will it into being? I shall will it. Well, he is actually playing in, uh, in Miles Stomping Grounds of Santa Cruz, California. He's playing this, um, place called The Catalyst, which is a really cool venue. It's a really big open, well, not open. I mean, it's indoors, but it's a, just a gigantic space inside. I mean, it's, it looks pretty huge, you know, for a club. And it's got a high stage too. I mean, I've saw I've seen shows there. I saw uh the Melvins there. That was the loudest concert that I ever been to in my life, and it was beautiful. I saw Frank Black and the Catholics there. I mean, it's it's just great. Anyways, I'm getting off on a tangent here. That that's all the uh that's all the music stuff that I have. Yeah, if you if you have a chance to catch John Carpenter on tour, I hear I just hear nothing but good things. I need to try to make it out and see him. And it's, 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 this is a crazy that he's started doing this, you know, in this part of his career. Like, I, th- I think he meant this to j- just to be some sort of hobby and it's turned into this other whole other thing. It's really cool to see. And from what I hear too, it's pretty much like rejuvenated him as well. Yeah. yeah. He seems to be really, really enjoying being on stage and performing music. Yeah. So it's good. It's good to see John Carpenter happy. <laughs> of course. Okay, now let's get on to the Blu-ray news, and we're gonna start off with uh, we're gonna start off with Arrow because they just announced their November slate, and it's kind of meh, I guess. They're releasing the, the, a, the, the rumblings were pretty uh, were pretty low key. Yeah, they were. I mean, they're going to be releasing a standard edition of uh, their their 4K restoration of The Thing. But of the new titles, we've got a film called The Villainous, which is going to be a UK-only release on October 30th. For the UK and US, we've got Pulp, starring Michael Caine. It's one of his older films. 
Kind of like the sound of this one, though. This one is going to be coming out in the UK on November 6th and the next day in the US. Also, UK only is going to be The Incredible Shrinking Man. For US and UK, it's going to be Animal Factory. That one's coming out on November 21st here in the US and in the UK, November 20th. And let's see if I can pronounce this correctly. Saijun Suzuki, The Early Years, Volume 1. Saijun Rising, the youth movies. And that one is for both US and UK, November 27th and the 28th, but not necessarily in that order. So that's Arrow for November. Very nice. Why don't we move on right now to our buddies at Vinegar Syndrome? Their October slate, by the way, looks fucking awesome. Yeah. I've never seen. I've never seen any of these movies before, but I'm just like, give them, give them all to me. I want them all. October, they've got Demon Wind, a film called Blood Beat. They're going to be releasing also The Corpse Grinders. They're going to be releasing a double feature, Primeval and The Lurkers, and A Woman's Torment. All of these are going to be Blu-ray, I might add. They're not releasing a Picarama or a DVD-only release. Which is kind of interesting. They just wrapped up their, I guess, final pass of Demon Wind. And it seems like, it sounds like Brandon especially is very excited for this one. He, he's a, he says this one's a lot of fun. So I'm going to take his word for it. <laughs> I saw a trailer for it. I'm in. Yeah. I mean, well, it's like when they do these passes for these films, like they're, you know, they're restoring them, right? You watch these all the time. And the fact that someone who's seen this day in and day out is excited to rewatch one final pass, like, I mean, it's at least has to mean it's a lot of fun. So whether it's a good, I mean, I've heard a lot of people say it's a, it's a crappy movie, but I mean, it sounds like a lot of fun. It sure does. And if you order the entire package before the release date, it's going to be, Let's see, $99. That's going to be like 35% off or 40% off? I can't do yeah. the math right now. My I don't have it in front of me. For the amount of Blu-rays you're getting, that's a pretty damn good deal. It is. It totally is. So, I mean, you're getting a total of, what, six movies on yeah. Blu-ray for $99? You can't really beat that. So, yeah, that's Vinegar Syndrome. What else have awesome. we got? Okay, for our folks in the U.K., Excuse me. And anybody who has a region free free player, Second Sight is going to be releasing the movie Extro on Blu-ray. There's no release date for that as of yet, but take note of that. Mm -hmm. It's another one of those alien ripoff movies I haven't seen, but I heard it it gets gets pretty crazy. So I'm definitely down for that. And next up from Severin. We've got Lucio Fulci's The Devil's Honey. That is coming out this month, September 26th. So that's it for that. Moving right along. Yeah, there is a ton of shit. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Synapse. We're going to talk about Synapse for a little bit because we got some late news coming in. <clears throat> the Kindred is finally coming in the Blu-ray. Oh, my Synapse. God. And Synapse are going to be the one to bring it sometime in 2018. I'm really happy for this one because this is one of those films that I remember seeing ads for in video stores and seeing oh, yeah. the movie on the shelf, but I never picked it up. So I'm really happy to write that wrong 
at some yes. point. Yeah, I mean it's been it's it's just been unavailable. So I mean I've been I mean there's been some rips, some VHS rips here and there um, that have been circulating, but. I mean, this is a practical effects film. This is, I think this was either 89 or 90 as things are about to transition into more CG and everything. So this is a, a all practical creature feature. So, you know, the more of those I can have in my collection, the better. Um, so I just hear some, you know, good things about that one as far as the practical effects go. Oh, sure. I remember Brad was talking about this one long time ago on the screen guess and him and just him talking about it that got me really excited to to want to see it also from synapse they're going to be releasing the standard edition of popcorn that one comes out on october 3rd it's still pretty pricey on amazon it's like 35 bucks i'm like god come on everybody i know i mean just for a few extra bucks i might as well just get the steel book i know i I know that they, whenever they release a steelbook for these films, they always say we have no plans for a standard release, but they always do. And Popcorn was one of those films I was willing to take a chance on. Um, but, uh, Suspiria, I, I, I bit the bullet on that one just cause I was like, I don't want to miss <laughs> this, this, this release of Suspiria. So I, I, I never spend that much on a on a Blu-ray, but um, in this in that sense, I I had to. But they probably will. Like their track record has been, you know, the crazy expensive forty nine dollar steel book, uh, and then <clears throat> six months later, you know, they'll bring out the standard case. So, which you know, I get it. They they get their market. People go ape shit for steel books. They make a lot of money on them. Um, so, so yeah. So popcorn is finally coming out. I'm waiting for that to kind of the, the price to drop on Amazon before I commit to that as well. But right. I don't know. It's tough to be a collector these days. Tell me about it. Well, just in case you know, some of our listeners here have been living under the rock for maybe the last couple of days or the last week. What Sean was referring to. Synapse is finally putting out Suspiria sometime later this year. Pre-orders are already up, and yes, I also did bite the bullet too. I ended up overdrafting, <laughs> but that's the how we di- do. The things <laughs> hey, we do. I've been waiting for this. <laughs> I know, man, for a long time, and I was just like, okay, screw it, you know, fine. <laughs> Uh, uh, I may have been drinking while I was doing that, but we don't uh, have to talk gotta about that. You got to be careful. That. That's another problem too. I mean, I can relate. Uh, even Travis Stevens was tweeting about this the other day. He uh, he woke up the next morning and he had a bunch of Tinto Brass films. <laughs> <laughs> you know, an order confirmation for a bunch of Tinto Brass Blu-rays. Um, I you know I've done the same thing. I have an order coming from Umbrella <laughs> from Australia that I. Had to kind of sit and think. Oh, uh, oh yeah. Oh, I ordered that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I get well, it. I'm, In modern technology, we have basically a store right at our fingertips now with these goddamn phones, and uh, the struggle is real, folks. Please, please learn how to budget. Please learn how to budget. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I'm excited nonetheless. So yeah, no, that that release looks. Looks gorgeous. I mean, I don't. 
I don't like steel books because I because they scratch and I got kids and I just don't want to have to worry. You know, uh, I want to be able to replace a case if it gets destroyed. But right. um, that one, man, that one's gonna have to go under glass somewhere. You know? <laughs> but the artwork is really cool. I think some people were trashing the artwork, the new artwork for the steel book. I think mm-hmm. it's really damn cool. Um, if you want some other, like there is another company that is selling a slip cover for the steel book that I think is the original artwork with some other bonus stuff. So I think it's like another 30 bucks. I mean, you know, there's options if you want, you know, all this stuff. I've never seen that before. Have you seen, seen like specialized slip cases for steel books? This is the first time I'm hearing about it. It's getting crazy, folks. And, and, and I think Synapse like re- retweeted or whatever that company. So it has their blessing. But, um, yeah, it's, it's getting crazy. You collectors are ridiculous with these slip covers. Agreed. But you know what? If it protects the steel book, fine, but then you're just spending so much money to protect your case. I don't know. <laughs> Let's move on. My brain hurts. All right. All right. All right. That's enough for uh, synapse for right now. We're moving on to, um, we're moving on to code red slash scorpion. Scorpion is going to be releasing The Psychic, directed by Lucio Fulci. I didn't see a release date for that one, but it should be it, – it'll it'll pop up on Ronin Flicks when it does. It usually does. But from Code Red DVD, uh, Code Red DVD they're going to be releasing a Blu-ray of Soul Survivor. Yeah. Actually, it may be available right now. It's, it's available avail- now, yeah. I think exclusively too. on Diabolic DVD. Yes. So if you want to get a Blu-ray of Soul Survivor, which I'm very curious to check out, go over to DiabolicDVD.com and you can order yours there. We've had a Moving- request to cover that on the show, so I'm, I'll, I'll be talking to Brad about that. Excellent. Was Ron, Ron Compostain. I always pronounce his last name wrong. Sorry, Ron. Compostain. Compostain? <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, we're, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. Cool. Next up, we got a few titles from Unearth Films that are going to be coming out. They're going to be putting out Nightwish, Dark Side of the Moon, and The Unnameable, and The Unnameable 2. Mm. It's funny because I used to get The Unnameable and The Kindred mixed up when I was a kid because I remember <laughs> my folks um, – I remember them renting The Unnameable. I have no memory of that movie whatsoever, but because of that, the titles sort of got mixed up. So I always get the Kindred and the Inamable mixed up. But those are coming from Unearth Films. Okay, I got one more thing, Sean. Bear okay. with me. Okay. But it's a good one. It's a good Here one. Go. I'm bracing myself. Slaughter High, folks. Yeah. Vestron Video is releasing Slaughter High, finally, by popular demand. And the release date, get this, October 31st. Nice. Brad's super happy about that, by the way. That's one he's been talking about for years. It's a, it's a really goofy one, but I love it. I love it regardless. And plus, Carolyn Monroe is in it, so I'm already... I'm already excited for this. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, that was, uh, I mean, 
Vestron's not going anywhere soon. I know, I know for a while people were wondering if they were going to keep going. Um, I really don't, I, I really don't think that they're, they're going anywhere. I think they kind of, they got the market cornered. They see, you know, there's money to be made. They're all, do, they're doing a really good job on these. Um, and, uh, it's like, it's funny. If you, do, do you have that like eight movie Lionsgate, you know, DVD that was like five bucks? I've been meaning to get that, but I held off on that. Yeah, I mean, it's almost uh, like for, you can for have, the hope, the hope <laughs> that these would come out on Blu-ray. Yeah, and, and then kind of one by one, you can you can basically take that set and like cross off with a sharpie like all the ones <laughs> that are that they're being released. So it kind of makes you wonder what else is left. I know Brad is wondering about Class of 1999. Wasn't that one on one of those sets? Yes. Okay. Yep. I guess, uh, what else no, is there? They're gonna, class of 1999 is coming. Mark my words. Like, that, that one's gonna get a release. And there will be much rejoicing when that happens. <laughs> cool. That's really fun. Film. All right. I'm done. I'm done talking. I'm done. All right. Sounding like, right. uh, you know, hopped up maniac. That's uh, all good, man. This is always exciting. We're, uh, August, September, October. I feel like those three months. Always have, I feel like, the most releases, so budget your money wisely, everybody. Don't go into debt over these movies, but, uh, you know, there's just a lot of good stuff to choose from, so what a time to be alive. Exactly. Can't wait to see what uh, Christmas season brings up. Oh, wait, by the way, one more thing I forgot oh. to mention about, about Vinegar Syndrome. They uh, teased a release that they're planning for Black Friday, and it's the 1983 movie Liquid Sky. Oh. Liquid Sky is finally coming to Blu-ray. We don't have any other details other than that. It's just a tease. They haven't formally announced it, but yeah, it's Liquid Sky. We'll have details for that next time, but I'm out. That's it. I'm done. I'll stop talking. (laughs) All right, Josh. Thanks, man. We'll talk to you next time. See you guys later. We are we are back. Uh, Rob Hunter from Film School Rejects joins us. Hello, he's been Yay. with us, but he's he's with us today. Hello again. Still with uh, us. <laughs> Bless him. And of course, uh, Brad Henderson and Stephanie Crawford are here. Hey, what's up? Uh, we hey, are talking <laughs> Vinegar Syndrome today, as we do every couple months. We dive into their releases. So we get a handful of movies to go through and talk about. Um, and uh, I just want to thank you for inviting me on to talk about Vinegar Syndrome, totally unsolicited on my part. Um, <laughs> it was a really kind gesture, yeah. so thank you. Just, just kind of happened. We thought about you. That's, that's not normally how it works because we have like requests <laughs> like twice – Two to three times a week, and we just sometimes we just never respond, and other times we just say we're really booked. But um, so that's a you should feel really good right now. I do. Thank you. So. Yeah. Well, Rob, Rob, you are one of our favorite people. So of course, um, we. Will, I'll take it. Yeah. You know, uh, if you request to come on the Screamcast and we ignore you, we don't like you. 
I guess is what we're saying. Whoa, whoa, whoa. No, <laughs> no. Sean. Sean is saying Jesus. that. <laughs> yeah, Sean's saying No, that. I'm kidding. It, it just worked out. Uh, Rob had specific interest in my chauffeur, and uh, so it, it was on the schedule. So, fuck yeah, Rob can come on. All right. First, let, let's save my chauffeur. Let's 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 simmer this conversation a little bit. We'll, uh, you know, we'll tease. <laughs> mm. I, I, I can't do this anymore. Calm down, everybody. I know. Calm down. <laughs> it's are you masturbating, Sean? Like all I hear is this rattling. Are you hitting no, your I'm, desk? I was grabbing the movies. Uh, I was grabbing the stack of movies. <laughs> are you shaking though? Like, <laughs> are you sweaty? He no, gets excited when he talks about people he hates. <laughs> he gets to tell him. Thus leading to the masturbation. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's nothing like a good hate-filled masturbation session. Session. I can't talk. All right. It's because you're masturbating. There you go. You're busy. We get it. Yeah. Uh, good God almighty. We know, I know how to derail this podcast really fast. So... Let's jump into the first film we'll talk about. This is 1978's Nurse Sherry. Mm. It's directed by Al Adamson. Thank you. Known for <laughs> Satan's Sadists, as well as Angel's Wild Women, and others. Brad, I have a feeling you've seen quite a bit of Al Adamson's work. I may have. I actually um, I got confused because when you were... You text me that you were watching this and you were digging it. And I was like, yeah, I know I got that too. I just haven't watched it yet. But then I realized that it's um, it's the other title. And that's where I originally saw it. Oh, yeah. These, so these, it's – The ultimate titles um, on this week's show are ridiculous. Um, uh, what is Killer's it called? Curse. Killer's Curse. Which, yeah, that makes sense. That makes but sense. I, I didn't see the cut of Killer's Curse. I just knew it was called Killer's Curse. I don't know at what part it got called Nurse Sherry. But um, anyways, yeah, it's uh, – I've only seen it once um, back then. But yeah, I've seen – I know who Al Adamson is. That's my point. He's, <laughs> he's well, fucking – have seen Zetas before. Yeah, I think so. And Psycho Gogo is another one of his yeah. films. Like, he's just and fucking Dracula versus Frankenstein. I mean, this guy mm-hmm. is just, um, he's just so fucking good. He just, um, he. I think we talked about, um, you know, I mentioned on another show. I mentioned um, Uncle's Tom, Uncle Tom's Cabin. You know, he did the 1976 one. Um, he's just. He's just always kind of like in your face. He he has like he has this Hollywood mentality to him as well, but at the same time he has kind of this like exploitation thing going on. It's just that he his mind just is always like trying to make something bigger, but he he just knows like if he has that budget, he'll work with that budget, but he'll make the best out of it. You know, he doesn't take it too far where the movies are just goofy. Or something like that. I mean, he has made some goofy fucking movies, but um, yeah, he's just he's just a really fun director, and he has made some fucking killer movies in the seventies. So, uh, click on his IMDb. I mean, I know that there's a few things streaming um, on Amazon Prime, 
that has his, but um, hopefully we get more releases from his films um, uh, on DVD or Blu-ray here to come in the in, in the near future because he has he has some great movies. Well, Nurse Sherry basically uh, opens on a gr- a cult in the middle of the desert, and the cult leader dies, and apparently, eventually possesses uh, our our main nurse, uh, who I you, guess you can is say titular nurse. What's that? You can say titular nurse. Okay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh man, this is gonna be so good. good it's job, like Maddie. it's like this is like the build up. Like everybody's waiting to hear the synopsis from Sean. <laughs> <laughs> like they're That's listening, but like by a by a by a cult preacher guy. But like somebody's go. at work and they're having like they're listening just this in the background, <laughs> and their boss comes in. They're like, no, wait, 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 wait. Listen to this guy. <laughs> Uh, I'm, I, th- I feel like I'm even more off my game tonight. So, um, apologize. no, you're doing fine. You're doing, if you apologize, if you didn't do this, it wouldn't be fun. <laughs> um, I really, I, I really it. dug the, I really dug this flick. Uh, it's a, it's a pretty simple flick. Uh, it has one of the best heart attacks caught on film ever. <laughs> where he just goes, <laughs> and it falls over. And some pretty incredible uh, ghost effects, uh, which I think were oh god, when it's in the bed, cray- I think yeah, cray- like with like crayon by a like disco <laughs> ghost attack. Uh, so I'm gonna turn this over to you guys. Uh, we can go around. Uh, Stephanie, what did you think of Nurse Sherry? I really enjoyed it. Um, it seems like it'd be more salacious with the title, but you know, it opens in the desert and kind of. I don't know. <laughs> I, I did enjoy it, but it was, I was not expecting it uh, to play out quite how it did. Um, but yeah, cults are hot right now. So I think this is a really good time for vinegar syndrome to release this. Now you have Tarantino doing the Manson and American horror story Colvin. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> uh, dude, did you see the uh, list of the Fantastic Fest shorts? Mark Pichort has a fucking. Uh, sh- yeah, he has a short film in our uh, fan- at Fantastic Fest. Oh, my God. God I hope he's fucking I'm really there. I'm gonna angry fucking, I'm not going. I'm going to fucking die. Oh, my God. Jesus. I'm gonna, now I'm going to fucking quote American movie the rest of the fucking show. <laughs> I'm not going to complain about it. Just, just put my sword on the tarp. <laughs> it's going to get cold. It's going to freeze. <laughs> but yeah, it, it, it's like... <laughs> oh god, that movie fucking cracks me up. <laughs> So yeah, I'm sure right, it, it has a little bit of everything, and I mean that very literally. It just has like a little bit of toplessness, a little bit of effects, a little bit of blood. <clears throat> you know, it's just a, it's pleasant for um, kind of a violent possession movie. I feel like these are possibly the worst nurses, or the best nurses. They're not well. It's depending what. I like their sunny dispositions. Yeah, there you go. Good, so there's some good bedside manner. Uh, Dude, but you know, fucking Jill Jacobson like, wanted to be my nurse. I would fucking <laughs> let her. 
Have you used like like she is she is fucking she is so beautiful in this movie, even though that she's like even though like she's covered in blood, but that just gets me a little turned on even more. But I mean, she's still she's still yeah, I know, right? She's still acting and I don't know, she's gotta be well into her There's dead air. Are we okay? Sorry. My kids were saying goodnight to me. <laughs> I think we lost Brad. <laughs> Did we lose Brad? Yeah. <clears throat> I think he was working himself up a little bit. So. <laughs> you had your turn, now it's Brad. So. I know, right? Well my my kids are about to go to bed, <laughs> so like I'll I'll calm down. Like seriously, when they're up and around and like I hear I I can as we're talking, I hear just total mayhem happening. In the other room. Are they watching a Vinegar Syndrome movie? <laughs> no, like, I got three kids, so they're, they're running around, they're yelling, my wife's, they're, they're, you know, causing her grief. And, uh, it's like, it's like all I hear <laughs> while you guys, while we're all talking movies. So, yeah, what happened to Brad? Brad, you there? I'm here now. No, oh, what's up? What's up? I'm, I I'm, ejaculated. Okay. I told you. I'm not gonna edit you. any of that out. So, um, so no, I'm just rushed. saying it's because I'm like just. I Did can't you look up Jill Jacobson photos? All these kids are uh, in bed. What? What's up? Look up Jill Jacobson video uh, <laughs> uh, photos. The lead actress in this movie. Well, yeah, I mean, I know what she looks like. That's all I'm saying. She's a beautiful girl. <laughs> so it's funny. I you know what? I typed in Jill and then Jay, and it went immediately to Jill Jacobson. I swear I haven't. Looked her up. Hmm. I have. Um. What were you talking about? Who was talking about Nurse Sherry last? I you interrupted were. about how you were, and then you cut was. off. You were, and then you kind of yeah. disappeared. Um. But yeah, I mean, the film. It's like it has a like I agree. It has a little bit of everything. Um. It's it's just very standard. Um. I, I didn't watch the Nurse Sherry version, so I don't know if that's, you know, a little more exciting. I watched The Killer's Curse because I know that is the one, I guess, that has extra footage. Um, oh, yeah, that, the, the DVD has the uh, – so you watched the – you watched the exploitation version. Yeah. So that's, guess- that's what I – that's what I watched. But I mean, I honestly, but I haven't seen Nurse Sherry in years. So I, I don't, I didn't really remember it all that much. I think I saw this like when I was in my early teens. Um, that sounds weird. Um, <laughs> I watched this movie when I was like 13, probably. Um, thank you, Video Time, because that's where I probably rented it. But, you know, it, it's, it's fun. I, I think for any fan of exploitation and, you know, um, you know, it's just like a a b- more well made. Uh, you know, um, what's this? Uh, those shot on video nurse movies. Um, <laughs> Is there a name for them? <laughs> yeah, there's two of them. Oh shit! Fucking Nick Millard made them. Oh fuck! Come on, guys. Dude. I have three movie nerds, and you can't tell me the fucking nurse movie that nick millard made shot on video i don't i don't watch shot on video don't you have shot on video movies yeah but you have imdb you're supposed to be i i am fact checking me am i supposed to dr blood 
No, not Cemetery Dr. Sisters. <laughs> the no. only one I've seen is uh, Hideo Itu's story of White Coat Indecent Acts. Mm. I think fits the uh, the mold of what you're after, but I wasn't oh, aware that there was an actual category for it. Death Nurse. Oh, Death Nurse and Death, death nurse, nurse. Yes. I, it I feels. Were, I, I thought you were like coming up with like there's like an actual like nurse exploitation. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, oh actually, no, oh, no, no, no. Sub genre. What is it? <laughs> big fat apple. Ethel. Oh, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, but like you know, it, it feels like a cross between kind of death nurse and uh, horror on like Highway Five. Hmm. I think that's the best way to describe Nurse Sherry. If you've ever watched both of those movies, I'm with Stephanie on it in that I think that there are like for me there there are brief beats of like a you know sexy time, bloody time, mm-hmm. and then a lot of downtime uh, in, in between the the more genre oriented moments um, that kind of stuck with the character and and I I'm not fully convinced they were plot oriented uh, stretches of time as opposed to just you know time spent with these characters. Um, so I, it's, it's one of the ones that I like it, but I, I'd be hard pressed to call this version. Maybe I need to watch exploitation, exploitation version of it, but this version of it, I wouldn't exactly categorize as fun. Well, you're in a hospital, yeah. you need a lot of downtime. <laughs> <laughs> of the, of, of the few that we're talking about that I've seen, like this was my least favorite out of them, although I, I had some fun with it. This is my least favorite out of the, the three that I watched. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay. What, are the, what other movies are we talking about? I have Wait, no before, idea. Before we jump to the other ones, I know that I know that you guys are saving the smut for later, but I wanted to give a quick shout out to the other one, yes. other movie that came out at the same time as their yes. Sherry, the uh, A Touch of Genie. I know BJ will talk about it more later, but uh, I'm a huge, huge fan of that one. It, it is, you know, porn, but it's it's like a Woody Allen porn movie where it oh, is, dude, it's, it's fucking it's, hysterical. Yeah, it's very, very funny, and then it shifts to porn actors <laughs> playing the same characters at, at times. But I mean, porn actors doing their, their business. Um, and yeah, even that switch, is still, they, is still funny. They switch actors. Yeah. It goes, it goes over to, yeah. you know, like Harry Reams and others show up oh, playing the characters you've been gotcha. watching. Cause, cause they the talk about part. Harry Reams. Like the guy who watches the porno is like, I want to be Harry Reams. Yes. And then like, uh, he jumps into clever. it. Yeah. And then he's like jumps in the film and like Harry Reams is talking, but it's actually the other actor's voice that's, you know, it, it, that you hear. And it um, continues to be funny, too. I mean, it's, the writing on it is is just, I think, really smart, even when, you know, people are doing adult things. Even huh. the incestuous stuff. Oh, yeah, <laughs> very funny. It's like the heavy cream scene. <laughs> Save that heavy cream for me. <laughs> The movie is really funny and like it's it's really wonky and um it just it it just has uh, a charm to it that you that you wouldn't expect and this is when Joe Sarno started doing pornography you know he started off with you know we're going to talk about you know Red Roses of Passion so this is probably a good segue into that um you know Joe Sarno was making skin flicks like in the 50s and 60s um you know, very touchy stuff and like, you know, definitely outside of the spectrum of what you would, you know, consider like even a skin flick. He was making pornography just without penetration. Um, and the more films that Sarno made, he got sillier and sillier and harder and harder until he was making full on pornography. 
Um, so it's a very interesting thing to see, like uh, watching something like Red Roses of Passion and then watching A Touch of Genie, like how much, you know, he like you could tell like the silliness was there. But, you know, when you gave him a little bit more freedom and set him like let him loose in New York City uh, making, you know, hardcore pornography, he made some really funny movies. Um, and something that porn misses a lot is kind of that comedic aspect. So but we could talk about Red Roses of Passion. Yeah, let's let's jump into Joe, uh, Joe Sarno's Red Roses of Passion. So this was one that I did not uh, watch. I, I did not get a screener of this one. So um, I'm going to turn this over to you guys to discuss. Uh, uh, this is what is this uh, Vinegar Syndrome's second Sarno flick that they've released? Yeah, they're doing a, um, a sexploitation yeah, signature but... series. So well, they did all sense of Sodom, ones. but I think that's the only other one that they've done. Yeah, uh, but this is their new sexploitation. Line, well, Touch, so... Touch of Genie is theirs too. Yeah, yeah, true, true, true. So, so three total. Um, duh, I just talked about that. Um, <laughs> Jesus, Brad. But yeah, I know I'm falling apart. Um, but this is their new sexploitation line, so it's really exciting what they're going to pull out of here because you know a, a lot of people I think get confused with <laughs> uh, sexploitation is that you know I think it's a common misconception that this hardcore pornography and that's usually not the case. Um, it's just really, really sexy movies. So we have Red Roses of Passion, um, which is one of the very first Sarno flicks that I've watched that I didn't love. Um, for this movie, the plot is really interesting. So without shawning it, um, basically this... Please, uh, please <laughs> this aunt and um, her her cousin are kind of like you know lonely suburban housewives. A man comes, he's involved. They get inside of this kind of cult thing and worship this. What is this? Pan is the name mm-hmm. of this um, like sexual like deviant god thing. Um, and so all the women get together and make each other orgasm like with roses, which is kind of sexy in a way. Um, it reminded, it reminded me of that scene in, um, that Josh Hartnett movie when he can't do it and he makes her orgasm with the rose. I know that's a weird connection to put, but in, uh, 40 days and 40 nights, that's a weird movie to bring up. But, um, he makes Josh Hartnett makes that one girl orgasm with the rose. So there's your movie connection. Joe, Joe Sarno inspired 40 days and 40 nights, uh, fact. Um, but like, there's just so much going for it, but it just feels so bland. Um, you know, I don't know if it's the score that's just not there or if it's just how it's shot, but there, like, there is a comedic aspect to the movie, but they just never focus on it. Is it because we're thinking it's silly, but it's not meant to be silly or was it meant to be silly? How did you feel? Who's you? Anybody. Oh, I'll go. Um, I, I'm kind of on board with that. I haven't seen nearly as many of Sarno's movies as, as you have. Um, this one, this is one that to me came across as like really well made, like confidently made, as far as like on the technical aspect and on the just the look and the visuals and all that. Um, but it felt like to me that once <clears throat> once the uh, once the plot was kind of introduced, it just kind of meandered. After that, um, yeah. I don't know if it's if it's score based or what, but it, it like it, early on I was getting kind of vibes of uh, Anna Biller's Love Witch, 
um, just the idea yeah. of these, you know, women um, in, a, in a time where there's, you know, they're traditionally more kind of restrained, but being allowed to, uh, you know, kind of explore themselves in different ways. And then there are characters who kind of like, you know, shoot that down and kind of like look down on that as well. So you get a little bit of commentary there, but it, it never quite, um, it never quite, uh, you know, bur- bursts out with personality of any kind. It is, it is sexy. There's no denying that, and it is engaging yeah. because you are kind of in this world where there's a, there's an, uh, another cult, you know, which is a theme, I guess, uh, go- going on here. And the the different things they do, you never quite know how far it's going to go. Um, if it's going to turn into something, maybe a little more, a little darker, a little more horrific, or if it's going to stay just purely on the sexual front. So it's kind of leaves you on edge a little bit, but it's more so about your expectation as opposed to what the film is actually doing. Yeah. And, and like I said, it's setup is really great. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we, we have all the elements there and once it starts, it's like, man, this is, you know, really creative. It's, it's fun. This is, you got to put yourself in that time too. you know, that time period, this movie was made, um, you know, seeing something like this is totally like kind of off the charts that no one else was doing something like this. Um, but it just like, it gets there and then it just stays like it doesn't, it's not eventful anymore. Right. And it just, it just, it like hits this one like plateaus and just like, that's it. And then it ends. Um, I wanted to really love it. I just, I couldn't, you know, um, but anyways, it's, I think for any Sarno fan, they're going to enjoy it because it is different and a lot of fun. Um, it is visually uh, attractive too. It, it yeah. just, it just never really pops. It just, it just is, again, it's like you, there's attractive people, interesting, you know, uh, set pieces and scenarios. Um, but just what, what is happening around them and where the story is going is just kind of limps along. Yeah. So I, I, I recommend it for Sarno fans. Um, if you want to watch it, maybe watch a couple other Sarno movies um, to kind of get you in the that mood and for what Joe Sarno has accomplished in his life and what he's made. Um, it's really hard. Um, I made a comment on Twitter last night that you know it's it's equivalent to like Jess Franco. If you don't know what you're getting into, uh, you could watch easily five bad Joe Sarno movies. I mean, this guy was making, you know, ten movies a year. Um, that's not an exaggeration. He literally was making like ten movies a year, even towards like the end of his career. Um, so you can hit a lot of awful uh, Joe Sarno movies. So maybe, you know, give something like uh, to Ingrid, uh, my love – um, or all of the sins of Sodom, if you can get that from Vinegar Syndrome. Uh, <clears throat> no, there's two Ingrid, and I believe there's a movie called Inga as well. And uh, pretty much everything in the 60s uh, is pretty safe. Uh, there's a um, company that's releasing his movie Vibrations um, that's coming out on Blu-ray that's paired with All Sins of Sodom. Um, so if you didn't pick up the vinegar syndrome release, you can get it from this other company that's releasing it. Um, it's going to be a double feature. So I really suggest that cause both of those films are really good. So I think it's a good way to start your Sarno. And then if you want to see kind of Sarno doing his own thing well into like the set, you know, or late seventies, what he was doing around that time, I think a, a touch of genie would be a, a, a good, a good, um, a good film. So, 
Yeah. He made, yeah, I think he made that in the early 70s. So, but anyways, that's all I got. Agreed. Anybody, anybody else see uh, Red Roses uh, of Passion? No, sadly not. Great trailer, though. <laughs> it's actually uh, disappointing to hear that it let you both down because, wow, it's like a corker of a trailer. The trailer kind of catches the, the the bits, the idea of what you where your head thinks the movie is going, um, by you know giving you those little shots and giving you like I mean again it's it's a you, what you see in the trailer is impressive. I mean you you get a sense of both beauty and sexy and a little bit of unnerving you know aspect going on, but it's just like yeah the whole movie the movie as a whole just doesn't do much with that. So. You know maybe as um, maybe as a female there's something a little bit more to it. I don't know because it is like an all-female cast. There's only like what one dude in it. There's a few guys that come to the door to deliver. That's the right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, <laughs> yeah, there's that. But maybe there's maybe there's something that we didn't catch. I don't know. I, I would definitely recommend it for for people that like this type of thing. But um, and tell me what you think because it is an odd movie, of course. Mm-hmm. So. So since Sean's sleeping, uh, next, uh, <laughs> are, are you Matt? Are you looking at um, some photos? No, no. Uh, I actually had to go put the kids to bed, and I talked to my wife because my son texted his friend. It was an asshole to his friend because his friend made him mad. So I'd have all that conversation. Well, you guys try movies. I was. This is my life, everybody. This is my life. Hmm. So I was dealing with that. I was dealing dealing with all that. <laughs> That's this is my favorite totally podcast. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Mine I can, too. It's like, go right, ahead. Here we go. You can talk. So, here we go. Next up. <laughs> Good. This is why I try to wait till everyone's in bed to do our show, and uh, I was yeah. My life. I, I was I was doing a. I was I was telling BJ because BJ BJ guested on my other podcast. By the way, the Armchair Philosopher podcast. And uh, we had interruptions there too. My life is just complete interruptions all the time. It's okay. It's all right. I may, you know, I always say I may need therapy. One of these days I'll go. This is like, this is getting. <laughs> this dark. is your therapy, Sean. <laughs> yeah. Let it out. Yeah. This is. Uh, all right. Anyway, moving right along. So uh, we next, talked about that. What, what else? What else we got? Ne- next oh. up, we have an osploitation, kind of sort of osploitation. Uh, it's a film called Snapshot, also titled The Day After Halloween, which makes no sense. Mm-hmm. So we're calling it Snapshot. It, it makes sense if you're trying to make money off of it. <laughs> that's about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I really, really dug this flick. Um, it's more of a kind of like a psychological thriller in a sense about a young model. Um, she, she goes on like a photo shoot. She doesn't necessarily want her face used in the photo, uh, in the ad. She's topless. Of course, uh, her face gets used, of course, in the ad and, uh, there's possibly somebody stalking her and, uh, and shit goes down. See, I'm horrible at this. <laughs> I thought that was, was very good, but I really dug. I really dug the film. It was a slower burn than I thought it would be, but I really dug that about it. I think if you're going to do 
like then there's there's only like a few main characters if you're going to do kind of this type of film slow burn style like this is the way to do it cuz you really do get invested with with each of the characters and what they're going through you do care for them and then um so it never goes into full like slasher type movie or or necessarily even exploitation film like um there's there's just some really great scenes, some really great interactions. There's a scene with her, her kind of, I don't know if it's like her, like longtime friend, but it's, it's an older, older woman that's her friend, kind of her mentor of them. Like they go out and they have drinks and they're in front of like a fireplace or whatever. And there's this, uh, there's, there's a misunderstanding with, with the two, but like that could have easily gone the exploitation route, but I thought they, it was handled like really well. Like I really, I really, really dug the film. Just wondering what you, wondering what you, what all of you thought. I love it. Um, uh, the movie, I, li- I like the movie quite a bit. Um, I was saying that I love your intros, but the, uh, the movie I think is, is good. It's uh, I was kind of curious to watch it because the director, Simon Windsor is the film <laughs> behind my yeah. father's favorite film of all time, Quigley down under. Um, yeah. <laughs> so that's one that I've seen many, many times, nice. and, but I, I, I didn't really recall seeing much else that he had made. Oh, he <laughs> made some huge, he made some fucking huge, well, they were Fuck considered in Los Angeles. He yeah. made a bunch of movies what? that were, were made big fucking free willy. Right. But they're not movies. But the thing I, I, when I was looking through this filmography, I realized is they're not movies where you think, Oh, this is a Simon Windsor film. You know, you don't have right, his, right. his personality attached to it. It's just movies it's that just you're like, yeah, I see that. Commercial director, you know, yep. you know, free willy, the phantom. Director. Yeah. Yep. They just so, got his hands on some big movies. Yeah, and you know, so I was curious where where he, where he kind of came from, and uh, it's 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 a good movie. It's an interesting movie. It's not at all what I expected. Again, to the point about the day after Halloween title, you kind of go in expecting a certain thing, and uh, you don't get that. But what it is instead is definitely a slow burn psychological thriller that I think also offers. Uh, especially for the time, kind of an interesting commentary on um, uh, just on, on women's sexuality. I mean, it's kind of a good pairing actually <laughs> with Red Roses of Passion for that sense, because you get characters who are criticizing, critiquing uh, this woman's decision to do this spread, uh, number one. But number two, you also get characters who think that, well, since she's done that, she's you know gone topless for a, a marketing campaign, then of course that means she's open to basically whoring herself out. And so the, I think there's some interesting observations that it makes in there. Um, and then on top of that, the fact that you have this kind of uh, shifting idea as far as who it is that's kind of subtly harassing her. Um, I mean, you don't get – like there's nobody you know getting killed left and right. Nobody's stalking somebody necessarily, but they kind of are there on the fringe. You know, whether they're you know harassing her in little ways or leaving like a pig's head in her bed or whatever. Right. Um, so you get that sense of just the menace of the, the male gaze – of kind of sexualizing her, but then also, you know, wanting to punish her for it. And I think that works really well uh, in the film, especially, especially with where the movie ends up and where it ends once the big reveal hits. Yeah. It was also titled one more minute. So I think snapshot was the original Australian title, I believe. Yeah. It was one more minute in America or yeah, I believe it was one more minute on VHS over here. And then it got retitled, um, I think around the time, you know, they gave it another boost. You know, VHS companies did this a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't usually the same VHS company. It was somebody else that, um, or I just say label, I guess I should say. Some other label picked it up and, uh, you know, 
they re-release one more minute on VHS, they're not going to get into the stores. If they retitle it with something that's popular around that time, then maybe they can, you know, move some units. Uh, very much what Asylum does in their sneaky way. I love um, that per IMDb, it's a, it was alternately known as the day before Halloween and also the night after Halloween. <laughs> that's like just, as long as Halloween's in there, they didn't really care about the rest of the words. Yeah. Half you know, candy, either way. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing I, I want to know is where that title came from. Is it because of the beginning of the film? Like, I was thinking about it, watching it again. I was like, did they think that the burnt corpse was Michael Myers in the hallway in Halloween 2? <laughs> and uh, like that's where this movie's going, perhaps? Oh, my God. <laughs> um, that, that's immediately what I thought. And I was like... Man, that would be so stupid and cheesy. Like, someone watches the first and, like, I like it. Let's title it the next Halloween <laughs> movie because it could pick up after that. Like, and it doesn't. Like, it doesn't even go anywhere near that. It's, it's just such a weird title. Especially um, since it kind of rewinds and jumps back in time to then yeah, bring it up to that point. Right. You know, and it, and it doesn't go anywhere near that. So, um, but as far as the movie goes, it's, it's a great slow burn, it's a good build up. Um, it's got some interesting characters. It's, it's fun. It's, you know, it, it, I, I like thrillers, um, like this. Um, it reminds me of being a kid and growing up and renting my mom renting those types of movies from, from Blockbuster. Um, I don't know the first time I saw this. I know I had it on VHS as one more minute. Um, but uh, yeah, if it really felt like I was watching it for the first time uh, this time, but yeah, I, th- I think it's a I think it's a great flick. It's uh, suspenseful. Um, it's got a lot of great scenes. It's got some tension. Um, I think that yeah, the pig um, uh, in the bed sequence is pretty scary for that time. I thought that was really great. Um, the lead's great. The photographer guy is great. I, I love that sequence when he comes in and he's got like the magazine like tucked in his pants and he's like <laughs> kind of like thrusting it so people can like look at it. Um, you know, and the whole thing when he they're having the conversation, he's taking the pictures of the dead uh, dead rat. Uh, he put like lip you know lips or uh, nail polish on to make it look like blood. Um, and it's like little even this is monologue of saying. Um, you know, the reason why he takes pictures of dead things is that no one else is doing it. Uh, the nail polish is a good touch too, because it's meant to like be blood, but it's also a a feminine product that adds like a, an odd femininity to the, to this dead animal. Um, in my eyes anyways, maybe I'm just reading too much into it as, as far as the, again, the idea of objectifying women to the point of, you know, even as even dead, even dead things, you know, ha- have value um, in this perverted way. Yeah, I mean, we are talking about the guy that directed Free Willy, so I think you're on the right track. <laughs> um, so, man, I want a fucking Willy to slam on those rocks so bad when he jumped over <laughs> Last Action Hero. Wow. Is that, isn't that uh, uh, what's that kid's name? Was the Last Action Hero kid? I don't know. Austin O'Brien. Austin, sure. yeah. Why not? Yeah, I think that's it. Daniel Harris is in that movie too. Yeah, um, so this was Simon Winsor's uh, first film, first first feature length film, I believe. Correct. Mm-hmm. Correct, Steph. What's your take on Snapshot? 
I, uh, like you guys, I loved it. Um, I, I was kind of thinking, oh, maybe it'd be a slasher. Um, there's certainly that element, but the fact that I, I know she has a narcissistic, emotionally abusive mother and she doesn't get along with her sister because her sister's taking, um, after the mother, um, I know about her roommates. I know about her stress with money and it's, um, yeah, it's a slow burn because you're getting to really know the characters. You really care about her. And I did connect with her some, um, you know, I used to work in a salon. I kind of felt out to sea and, you know, worked for a bad manager and, you know, met some sweet people and some manipulative people and it is, uh, it's a great look how it just shows that anyone can get kind of pulled into being manipulated or taken advantage of or exploited. Um, but the character Angela, she kept her strength through it. Super realistic, a very down to earth character. Um, yeah, this this one really got to me. I loved it. And Brian May did the music, and the movie sounds amazing. I really enjoyed the score. Oh, yeah. Refresh my memory of uh, that name sounds super familiar. Uh, uh, from Queen. Yeah. He's the guitarist from Queen. He's the guitarist from Queen and he scored like hundreds of movies. No, the score for this is pretty phenomenal. I'm like completely dry. I know that name so well, but I can't. He did Mad Max. But he's, he's the guitarist from Queen. Time. Well, I get that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to look up because uh, I know that there's probably some other stuff I'm I'm thinking about. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I I agree with everything, Sean. Any yeah, last I, words? I, I uh, no, not really. the 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 score was was surprising to me. Like I was surprised like how how good it was, and then of course once you find out, you know, it's Brian May. It's uh, it's it's a no brainer. But I mean. If you look at his other scores, like he did, he scored Road Games, um, Turkey Shoot, Brad. He 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 scored. Oh, okay, 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 okay. That's, <laughs> that's what it is. All right, I, I know that name. So basically, just no, he a scored bunch a lot of, of really you know, Aussie uh, flicks. So yeah, he's he's scored a lot of flicks. Totally, you know, down our alley for sure. Um, so yeah, it's, it's just a solid flick. I think uh, I was just so I was surprised by it, and it's just always nice to be. Surprised by film because I knew absolutely nothing about this film, like zero, and I, I loved it. That's I all I got for final words. You want to do a joke about Queen? No, never mind. <laughs> oh no! Now everybody's in suspense. Nobody's in suspense, man. <laughs> I don't know why you're speaking for everybody. <laughs> All right. Uh, but yeah, uh, Turkey Shoot, that's how I know him. Boom. There you go. There you go. All right, let's jump in to uh my chauffeur. Oh shit, this is Rob's this is Rob's fucking oh, jam man. right here. Oh man. So Rob, so when we uh why were you so uh why did you have such a hard on for coming on our show for my chauffeur? Well, you know how we all have embarrassing masturbation stories. <laughs> yes. Mm. 
Um, yes. My chauffeur kind of played into one of mine, and so it, it's it's held a warm spot in my in my heart for for years. Uh, I I just think the movie is, and, and watching it now, you can watch the movie, and there's like you know multiple issues and faults and, and problems with this movie that I can point to, um, but the constant of Deborah Foreman through this movie. Yes. It's my favorite. I mean, she's been in some great genre movies, some totally fun genre movies, but this is my favorite horror movie because she one is, is in the majority of it, if not all of it. Um, and two is just a bundle of just utter uh, joy that I can watch and, and think about late into the night or early in the morning. Um, and it's, it's a very funny. I think it's very sweet. I think, you know, it's, it's kind of a fun movie. It's a movie that kind of sells itself as like a, you know, an eighties, you know, sex comedy and then doesn't really deliver on that. Um, instead it just is kind of like a, a, a perky underdog story. Um, it gets lost in itself, but I don't care because again, you know, the performance is just smiling and <laughs> I don't know, maybe it's just the way she speaks to me in this movie. I don't It's a very personal thing, but I, I think that it's a, it's a movie that doesn't get talked about enough. And so I was like super excited when uh, Vinegar Syndrome put this out in this new edition. Uh, the interview with her on there is, is great as well. I mean, it's, you know, a new interview, but her reflections on the film and just on her career in general are great. Um, I think it's a movie that just it's, everybody has those movies that, that you that you can put on and it just brightens your day. It kind of puts a smile on your face. This is that movie for me. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I first saw Deborah Foreman in Valley Girl, so that's that's a favorite of mine. Stephanie, what were you going to say? I apologize. I cut you off. No, it's fine. I was just saying, yeah, she's like aggressively charming in this movie. It's just like a ball of sunshine. Like mm-hmm. anything they throw at her, she's just grinning. And I think that pulls you right in. Yeah, it's uh, her smile is um, traps you, and her giggle and uh, everything like that. She's, uh, you know, even everything from like April Fool's Day to like Valley Girl. Um, she just she really grabs you, um, and that's one thing with this film. And I, I'm with Rob. Like this is a film that I uh, watched a lot, even when I was younger. Um, and, um, you know, I haven't watched it in probably a few years until the, this Blu-ray came out. And, um, yeah, it, there's there's a turning point in the film uh, for me. So it's uh, like it's it's very standard. It's fine. Um, it's funny. It's cute. Um, like I said, the underdog is there. But it's not until she picks up who basically our, our co-star basically is in the film. And they're like parked on the golf course and he's drinking and like he's just screaming at like the top of his lungs and she's like yelling with him the and rock he's star just, guy yeah yeah and he's he's just he's just chugging down at, no 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 this is no, uh, no, the, the guy who she falls character. in love with oh yeah, yeah um so like you know he's just chugging down this uh liquor and everything and then he's like yelling and he strips down um that's when the film like really takes like a, another step, it gets it, super it took cute. Brad a nude Sam Jones to uh, yeah. I mean, once really you see, I it, understand, it. man. I mean, cool. yeah, he's got a really nice chest, you know. Um, but anyways, uh, yeah, he's just it, with that whole sequence is just very fun and wholesome. And you know, they end up you know going back to her place, and she's trying to take care of him. Um, you know, uh, but yeah, the movie does has its flaws, but honestly with, with stuff like this and, you know, it's like teetering on kind of the, you know, sex comedy, 
um, type type film, but it it never fully goes there. Um, you know, it, it it just it holds back. Um, but I, I don't know. It's very heartfelt and just it's just cute. It's a, it's she, a cute. She's movie. like a re- she's like a relentlessly positive, optimistic person character that we get to see react with joy at other people's joy. So as she's driving people around and seeing like whether it be like you know the. Um, the Penn and Teller situation, which drags on a bit too long, but oh, elements, elements kind of kills the movie yeah, a little bit. It, it the, does, the but elements of that. But it's yeah, but that's where I was trying to tease the the sex comedy aspect of it. But the elements of it of those scenes that work are not when the camera is just on them, but when we're seeing her reaction to it in the rearview mirror, mm-hmm. where she's kind of like you know she's happy to be a part to kind of you know be encouraging this person's you know happiness, or or the Sam Jones character, or with the, with the rock star again, she's. She completes her job. She's reliable, responsible, blah, blah, blah. But she's having a, a good time and having fun with these people. Um, and you see that, again, in her performance, but also in the di- her dialogue, her back and forth with people. You know, she's just got that rapid fire, you know, screwball comedy, uh, you know, pattered down pat. And I think she's, uh, again, you just, you, you can't help but smile as you watch every scene that she's in in this movie because she is, you know, even when the character is, is kind of getting, you know, dumped on. She stays strong, like Stephanie was saying. She stays positive, and she often stays smiling. She, you know, she just refuses to let this, this crap, you know, wear her down. Kills them with kindness. <laughs> yeah, well, but it's yeah. just it's very, very like funny a, and very sweet. Yeah, it was kind of a, a fish out of water scenario. There's like sexual politics at play, like with her coming into what's what would be a man's job, I guess, as a chauffeur and her dealing with these a guys. Literal been, old boys club. Yeah, yeah. Literally like these old men who have been show been chauffeurs for this company for, you know, decades <clears throat> decades on upon decades. And just that interaction with uh but but I guess played for laughs in in a sense and they can only really work because of her overwhelming positivity, you know, even when like any normal person would feel beaten down, but her character is so optimistic that you can only just enjoy the ride with, with her, you know, instead of kind of wallowing. Yeah, in, I mean, there's, I think this. it's a, a really, you know, fun and very cute and important scene to the film. Um, I got to be careful what I say, cause I don't want to give anything away, but there's a part where she sits next to a certain character in the film, like on a bench. And she basically says, you know, you know, what's, you know, smiling, like, what, what's up? Hey, like, you're going to tell me what's wrong. I'm not going to leave you alone until you do that type of thing. And just all smiles about it has no problem with this guy disliking her or giving her the cold shoulder. You know, she's just, you know, she does want to make friends with everybody. She is super positive. You know, there's not even, even when she's like angry, she's not even like angry per se. She's just, you know, um, I don't know. It's just a, I don't know if it's within Deborah Foreman doing that or if that's part of that character. But um, I would say it's probably Deborah Foreman because that's how a lot of her movies play out. She, you know, she just when she's on screen, she has this overwhelming sense about her where you just like you want to hang out. You, I mean, with Rob, let's hold off for a second and back up and let him put his dick in his pants. <laughs> Too late. But, <laughs> He's running around the park. <laughs> that would be total Rob right there. Um, but total you know, she's a total Rob. Uh, so yeah, yeah, she's she's a lot of fun. Uh, I think it's I think it's a really 
you know, it's not like I said, it's not perfect, but it it is on that scale of being a really fun sex comedy without like all the sex and gratuitous nudity. Yeah, and the uh, sex would... in it is making love. It's like really yeah. sweet. Yeah, yeah. Now, I would definitely watch this like as a double feature with Valley Girl. Like, oh, absolutely. for sure. Like, it has the same vibe. I think Valley Girl has more of, of an edge to it just because of the the Hollywood, like more of the Hollywood punk stuff, I guess, intertwined in there. Uh, Nicholas Cage being Nicholas Cage uh, with his amazing triangle. Is that your Nicholas Cage impersonation? Yeah, um, I would actually double double feature it with waxwork, so oh, that you, oh, you can get a sense of. Even though she's not, you know, she, she's not in as much of waxwork, but you get the flip side of her, which is mm-hmm. sexy as fuck. Um, <laughs> can I say sexy? I didn't know if I could, but it, it's yes, uh, so I think sexy. that you can also say fuck. Okay, sweet. So it's it's a good movie in its own merits. I love waxwork, but um, I, I think that would be a good double feature because she she doesn't get to be as funny, obviously, or as sweet, but uh, she gets to turn on other charms. Mm-hmm. Yes, she does. <laughs> Jeez. So, sorry, Stephanie. Why? Well, I don't know. Just, <laughs> just in general, all three of us just you know. Well, I would pair it with Real Genius. Oh, so good. The best line in that movie belongs to her. It, exactly. <laughs> you want to talk about sexy? <laughs> well, let's talk about sexy. I'm, I'm all sexed up now. <laughs> yeah, I can tell you really sold that delivery there. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I know, um, now I'm imagining Brad as a phone sex operator. <laughs> Oh, no, like Let's these, all these... sit for a minute and imagine that. Yeah, no. like Don't deep, talk. Deep breath. Let's take a deep breath. <laughs> this is getting um, a little awkward. Yeah. What, on the screencast? Awkward? What are you talking about? We're never awkward. We're... Yeah, this We're, thing uh... flows great. Yeah. <laughs> now, uh, what I wanted to ask you before we close down this section of the podcast, because um, BJ is going to round up the uh, – she's going to do uh, round up all the smut. But – I wanted to ask you guys if there's any other standouts in uh, in the more of the adult titles because you guys mentioned uh, a touch of genie. Um, is there any other kind of standouts in the in these past few months that you guys wanted to bring up? Um, you know, there's uh, I can <sighs> I don't know if BJ watched this, and I'm kind of curious if she did. So Vinegar Syndrome released this uh, pretty rare title called Intrusion. Um, as far as a lady, even dudes, like this movie pushes limits. Um, so with pornography, I mean, we usually have something that's at least fun uh, or sexy. Uh, this film is none of that. Um, it is a home invasion, um, uh, uh, rape, um, uh, what what are the word I'm thinking about? Like, um, shit. Um, I can't think of it right now. I'm, uh, blanking, but anyways, it's just, it really, like, it has this really great setup. 
It has this really killer soundtrack. It has this really eerie car that's, you know, going through this neighborhood and this husband and wife are like getting ready to go to work. And, uh, you know, they they do a little hanky panky before work and it's fine. And then um, simulated rape is what I was trying to say. But anyways, it's either near there. It's just it's just gets this guy gets in this house and it's just another hour of just him doing these things. So it's a pretty hard watch. Like, I I don't know. Uh, I just it didn't it caught me off guard because I wasn't expecting it. Um, Like because I was kind of really digging it at first with the soundtrack and kind of this setup like it it seemed you know, a, you know, a little scary, uh, for the most part in the, in the very beginning. And then it gets into this like weird, just rapey thing. And it's just, uh, yeah, it didn't, it, it really, I, I could have done without it. Mm. Like I'm good. So, and it's like another thing that really like makes it work in that sense. If you're looking at it that way, it's very gritty. It's very grimy. It's very homemade-ish. So it kind of gives it that more realism, which, you know, is another thing that's really, you know, kind of hard to watch. But um, anyways, it's there. You know, I, I guess if, you know, that stuff doesn't bother you, then, you know, this might be up somebody's alley. But uh, for me, it was a little little too much. Okay. But um, you know, I think that's, uh, you know, Touch of Genie. What was some of the – oh, I forgot. Dude, there's so much. So Matinee, Matinee Idol is uh, is fun. Um, I dug that. That was one of their, uh, you know, porn on Blu-rays. Uh, so, uh, John Leslie and, um, uh, Kay Parker, uh, Kay Parker from, um, man, I am drawing blanks everywhere. The incest movies that they did. I say that in a way that's where it's not gross. You say it so like nonchalant. <laughs> oh, you know, that incest um, movie. Taboo. Uh, yeah. the movie Taboo. So yeah, it's, it's fine in that one. Um, so yeah, anytime John Leslie's on screen, he just he's a very charismatic person. Um, you know, there's a couple male talent porn stars that were in the seventies and eighties that really brought a lot of joy work and I don't know, it just it feels more welcoming. It's not serious. Like it just seems a lot more fun than, you know, what we have today. Uh now it's like these really dark that happen behind the scenes with, with with these it seems like everybody is getting along everybody's having fun you know everywhere between harry reams and um you know john leslie um you know uh herschel savage all, all these guys are having a lot of fun uh behind the scenes and you know on the ca- in front of the camera uh, so matt Nail has its moments it's it's funny at times it's it's sexy at times um, there was that one, and I think that's all I got to. I really wanted to watch the the other title that they released on DVD. I haven't watched it yet. It was the Never Sleep Alone? Um, I haven't heard of that. Of the stars, um, other than um, John Leslie and Joey Silvera. I think Ron Jeremy's in it too. But um, those guys, aside from Ron Jeremy, because he's gross, um, you know, they're they're a lot of fun on screen. So. 
All right. Well, BJ will join us in a little bit to run down those titles. Um, their September package is up for pre-order right now for 88 bucks. You can get, uh, spend 88 bucks. You get five discs. Uh, you get Psychos in Love, Ed Wood's Orgy of the Dead, Trip with the Teacher, Dark Dreams, and then the latest, uh, Picarama, which I believe is three. Uh, mm. three titles. So you can go to vinegarsyndrome.com right now and grab that for the discounted price over there. You can, I'll give, I'll give a quick shout out to you to another, uh, it's oh, not, yes. a, not necessarily a recent one, but they're that Dixie Ray Hollywood star, um, is one from a, a little while ago. And so it's not recent, but it's, I like yeah, it because yeah. it's, it, it manages, uh, to have like a fully functioning, uh, plot and story involving like, you know, a mystery and a killer and stuff like that, while also having, uh, you know, all kinds of penetration. And I appreciate that. <laughs> you know, that, that is a, it's a rare thing that we, we get even back in the day. Um, so it's, uh, I, I find when it has plots and fun plots, uh, the movie takes, it, it, it puts it on a different level. And, um, I always dig those. That's why I like, I always pimp, uh, Hot and saucy pizza girls because I, I think that's one of the most perfect, you know, comedies as well as just having pornography in it. Um, it's just all around just a really fun, fun flick. Awesome. And then I need to mention uh, their October uh, releases are up for pre order as well for ninety nine bucks. Demon Wind, Bloodbeat, and the Corpse Grinders will all have limited edition slipcovers. Demon mm. Wind is lenticular you hate so, slipcovers though yeah i like vinegar no, syndrome, though, he, he likes they're, vinegar they're syndromes because he's you know a fanboy fuck boy so <laughs> no no they're, i they're can't sturdy. imagine not liking demon, the demon wind one. Oh man Lent- you I, know I'm, if, if there's artistic value and artistic merit in the slipcover i'm down um also prime evil slash lurkers on a blu-ray dvd combo and then a woman's torment um on combo you know, it was um, you know Demon Wind's VHS original cover was lenticular and awesome. did that. So, you know, that's a big deal. Yeah. Yep. No, there are certain companies who do slip covers right. Um, I gave Screen Factory a lot of shit because they're alternative. They were like do the alternate art on the slip cover, and for a while, like their alternative art was like just awful compared to the. Uh, the movie poster, so I'd always swip, flip it around to the movie poster anyway, and I didn't like the art on the slipcover, so I just sold it. <laughs> I just automatically, with any movie I, I have that has a slipcover and then alternate art on the actual sleeve, I automatically flip them anyways, just so that when I you know, pull it out of the sleeve, it's a different cover and a different yeah. experience, and I get to have a little bit of joy in my life. There Same you go. here. It's like a ritual. Yep. <laughs> Except for Ronan. Ronan's the only cover I won't flip because that artwork that they had commissioned is just absolutely yeah, art's, stunning. Art's pretty, pretty badass. Yeah, but I'll flip that one because the new artwork is on the, is on the sleeve. I want to yeah. see it twice. Fight. Fight, <laughs> Fight about slip cover. All Let's right, bring it to um, the ring and fantastic fest. BJ is going to join us in, in just a little bit, so we will uh, jump to that in a little bit. But, if, but for now, we need to say goodbye to everyone else. Uh, Rob Hunter, where can people find you on the internet? Internet. <clears throat> I can't even talk anymore. Um, uh, it was, I was going to say something. Anyways, 
Film School of Rejects where people, is yeah. where I write most of my stuff. I'm also at uh, Slash Film and Crooked Marquee and upcoming with my ranked list of all 72 Stephen King movies at Thrillist. Um, and then on Twitter at Fake Rob Hunter. Very nice. Stephanie, where can people find you? Um, you can always find me on Twitter at Scrawfish. And we don't care. And we don't care about Brad. Thanks he for making like me follow Rob. He doesn't. That's <laughs> great. Brad doesn't like giving us Twitter handle at all, so he Uh-oh. hates everyone. No, I gotta be good. All right, BG will join us uh, in a little bit, and I'll talk to you. I'll talk to you through later. Okay. That's, that's, I'll do. I'll do all. <laughs> where can we find Brad? Yeah, where are you guys? Brad doesn't like Brad. Oh, I me. Yeah, see. Brad never likes uh, giving out. He hates the rundown of where can you where can we find you on the internet. He hates that. So I just why don't you why don't you just record it once as a tag and then you just add it into the end of every episode. Well, what I say is uh, go to go to thescreamcast dot com. Click on our social media. No one's ever suggested that before. That's crazy. I know. Whatever, because pre recorded stuff isn't as you know like this is real. This is yeah, real. too real. <laughs> Shitty, but it's real. <laughs> Look, I just want to say thank you again, you guys, for having me on. It was a great time. I enjoyed chatting movies, and uh, you guys are good people. So thank you again for having me on your your show. You're welcome. Your well-oiled machine of a show. Yeah, you're welcome yes. back uh, anytime, and I promise we'll do better next time. Oh no, <laughs> I wouldn't make. That <laughs> what are we oh, talking yeah. about? Porn. Oh yeah, that's it. Let's do it. Come on, pull that hair. Get a thumb in there. Get a thumb in there. Get a thumb in there. I'm there. I'm there. Don't stop. Don't stop. Don't stop. Finish. Well, now it's time for the back room, and BJ Colangelo joins us, and Brad's still here. Hi, Brad. Not leave. BJ, what's up? Oh, you know, you you couldn't have a podcast and talk about the fuck films without having me <laughs> join the party. No, we had to make sure that worked out for sure. <laughs> I like calling them fuck films. That's what I'm going to call them now. <laughs> Except for one that. of the movies that we're going to cover today, like, we shouldn't call it that. Oh, I think I know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, we'll mm. get to it. I talked about it briefly. I was curious if you watched it or not. I did watch it. I have some All right. feelings. All right, cool. We'll talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, here we go. So, uh, so now we are covering, uh, the vinegar syndrome. Uh, the, the, the term, uh, that we're going to use is, uh, uh, fuck films. Uh, how's that? Is that good? Should I talk about it like you that? You don't, you don't have to be so nervous about it. I know. Uh, no, well, you didn't watch so, any of it. So you could just be like, no, this is I where no I idea. tap out. <laughs> this is where I get all like, I get even more like out of breath than, Earlier in the podcast, it's when your pants um, start fitting a little tighter, yeah, yeah, yeah. Aww, so that's cute. Little, little heads up about vinegarsyndrome.com. They're they've removed their credit card option on the website. By the way, um, not sure how long that's going on. Could be through September. They're switching payment processors. So right now you can use PayPal or Pay Later. Um, so they have a big old banner up on the website. So just FYI, um, it sounds like nothing's. If you did pre-orders, you're fine. So. Anyway, yeah. a little heads up about that. Um, all right, you guys. B- BJ, I'm going to turn this over to you. So we have yeah. 11 oh, basically oh, yeah. sets 
to talk about. There's so. there's so many. Sex. <laughs> um, I think we should probably start with the one that most people are probably interested in, which is Throat 12 Years After, directed mm. by Gerard Damiano. Um, the important thing, and it's right on the front, is that this is a reflection, not a sequel. Um, so if you're <laughs> expecting Deep Throat 2 Electric Boogaloo, you're not going to get that. Um so throughout 12 years after is uh I don't want to say that it's disappointing because it, two of the three vignettes I I really enjoy and I think that they're very well done but when you have the name connection with Deep Throat like you're kind of fucking yourself before you even begin because it there's just no way that you're going to meet that it's just impossible um but it is uh three sort of different vignettes that are loosely related to one another. It feels very thrown together of like, how can we make these all make sense together? Um And like I said, two of the three are pretty solid. Um The absolutely incomparable Sharon Mitchell is like in one of her best performances, in my opinion. I think she's fucking great in this. Um, and I'm a huge Sharon Mitchell fan. Um, for those who don't know, she's like a massive sexologist and she even founded like the uh, American Institute of the Health for Porn Stars. Um, so she's like, she's one of the major forces behind, um, kind of keeping sex workers healthy and responsible. So big ups to Sharon Mitchell. Um, that's really my only thoughts on it, is that two of the three are great. Sharon Mitchell's awesome. Um, it's not as good as Deep Throat, but it's pretty well made. Uh, the stories don't really relate to one another very well. Um, I mean, they kind of do. But if you're looking for a really solid story that you usually get with some of these um, restored sex films that Vinegar Syndrome puts out, um, this isn't quite quite up to snuff compared to some of the others what do you think brad um yeah i i'm with you like the stories are just there um but as far as uh like a well-made film i i think it's very well made the editing it's shot nicely the music's great um but other than that it doesn't really have much going for it but i don't think it's supposed to like it's not one of those things where it makes or breaks the movie it's just that you know it's your regular normal story, but it's just a really well made porno film. Um, I do agree with that. I think the lighting is really interesting in some of these scenes yeah. and the, the use of color, um, and in the scenery is really nice to look at. Yeah. And I think that's, that was the biggest part of me because, you know, watching, watching these films, I mean, a lot of them run together because, of course, they were, you know, an abundance were made at, many different times by the same people they just you know dished them out as quickly as they could right you know so when you come across something that is huh when you come across something that's you know well made and um does stand out as far as maybe a story or it's funny or decent acting you know you can really focus on those things and that's kind of like with this one uh kind of along with uh corruption you mm-hmm. know uh you know corruption's really really well made um, so it's, it's, it's on like par with that for me. Like the storyline's really goofy and doesn't really work. But, um, as far as what you're seeing, 
Um, especially with, you know, a transfer like this. I, I, and that's, I think, one of the reasons why it's on Blu-ray, too, is just because it does look really, really good. Yeah, it looks fucking fantastic. Um, but I don't know. I feel like that's kind of what I always say about Vinegar Syndrome's restorations, is that even if I, did, you know, I'm not 100% sold on <laughs> yeah. what I'm actually watching, I'm like, God, it looks good. But it's also really cool, like, you know, like if we've said a thousand times, it's they take the time on something that not a lot of people are going to like, <laughs> you know? Right. Or, you know, something that's just so goofy, but they give it, you know, the the proper treatment and, you know, get it out there, so... Because no one else is going to, mainly, because they're the only ones willing to take the risk and release something that is going to have a small audience. Right. I mean, it's it's one of the reasons I respect that company so much is because they do treat fuck films or sex films or flush flicks, whatever you want to call it. it they do treat it with the same amount of respect as they would a restoration of, you know, some forgotten horror movie that dudes are jizzing their pants over because they only remember it from a VHS swap. So, I mean, it, good on them. It it looks nice, but if you want Deep Throat, just watch Deep Throat. Yeah. Yeah, that's really all I got on that one. Um, I think that let's just jump into the one that is probably the least like anything else in this mm. bundle. Um, yeah. Which is going to be, uh, Intrusion. Um, Intrusion is, uh, uh, directed by Arthur Nouveau. Um, it has Kim Pope in quite possibly like the most just gut punching performance since Camille Keaton and I Spit in Your Grave. Uh, this is a fuck film that is not meant to be titillating. Uh, you may call it exploitation if you would like i don't call it exploitation this is another one of those instances where i fall in like the weird realm of i kind of respect this movie for showing the brutality of a really really not so fun sexual uh assault performances but it uh it goes there it very much goes there this is very very hard to watch um if you are not into seeing uh sexual violence on screen don't watch this it's not for you um but it is a really ballsy film um all of the performers in it are not half-assing it they're really kind of going for it which makes it all the more horrific to see but i think that this is you know this is another one of those like important ones where i I don't know. For me personally watching it, I never felt like they were trying to be titillating. I think they were, it was very much gross. Um, but that's, that's on my opinion. I could have also seen it in a totally different way. Um, what, what about you, Brad? Um, I, I spoke about it briefly earlier on the show, but to, to kind of rehash because, you know, I think you and I are on the same, same page. Like it's not meant to be that, you know, jerk off porno. Like it's, it's, meant to be kind of this, like, it feels like it's meant to be this horrifying, you know, there's a sense of realism to it. Um, and, and the thing is, I, 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 for me, it pulled me in at first because I didn't know anything about the film, mm -hmm. like the setup, like with, you know, the husband and wife getting ready, you know, having breakfast, you know, having some naughty, naughty on the table 
And then, like, that car's there, and that kick-ass, like, synthesizer score comes in that's really, like, dreadful, mm-hmm. you know? And it's just, like, it feels like the serial killer is just, like, you know, going through the streets, and it pulls you in. And then once he gets there, it's just, like, the movie takes another turn, mm-hmm. and it just becomes really horrifying, and, like, I just, I couldn't get into it at all. Like, I wanted it to end, and I think that's maybe what they were going for. So yeah, I think... So what's the point, then? It's a rape. It's what I'm wondering. It's like a snuff rape movie. Yeah, it's it's very much, like, a very brutal, like... It's a home invasion movie. It's a like yeah. an invasion with an assault in it. But what they do that I think is so interesting is that most films like this, you own that like the only exploration in sexuality you see is the assault. And then that falls into kind of like, oh, this is like a rape revenge or this is like a, a whatever you want to call it movie. Whereas this, because it shows other sides of the sexuality, it then falls under like a sex film. Um, cause I did some Googling around. I was like, how the fuck have I never seen this up until this point? Because that's usually like what I know the most about is rape revenge. I hadn't seen this. Um, and I think it's because like you said, like the breakfast, like sexy, sexy time, like because it does that, then all of a sudden it's no longer like an exploitation film or a rape film or whatever. It becomes like a sex film. And that's so weird to me that like, that's where the distinction lies. Um, so yeah, this is one that like, I don't want to say like it bait and switches you because it's, it's not like it's more calculated than that. But when it gets bad, it gets, whoa, it's rough and not bad in the sense of like poorly made. Like it, I think that it's a pretty well made movie, but it's hard to watch. It's miserable to watch. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. So be, uh, be prepared, uh, and be aware of that because I don't want you to be like, I'm getting all the boner jams from vinegar syndrome. And then like it ruins your whole fucking day. So right, right, right. Don't, don't, be if prepared. You have some sexy time with your partner. Don't, uh, yeah, don't put don't throw this one in. <laughs> right. um, I mean, that's not, not that it was sexy time with a partner, but that's what happened with me. Like I sit down, like, you know, I didn't have to work that day and everybody was gone. I was like, all right, I'll, I'll put on a porno because that's usually when I watch it when everybody's out of the house. Um, so like I put it on and like I'm into it, right? Cause like yeah. it starts off really, really good. And I was like, oh shit, this is going to be really intense and it's a porno. Like, man, this is going to be really cool. And then like the, the invasion starts and I was like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I think. I think that's why I'm so like, I'm really glad that Vinegar Syndrome put this out because I have never seen a film where it's like, Hey, here's when sexuality is fun and awesome. And here's when it's awful. It's like, <laughs> wow. Like no one, no one ever does that. It's always one or the other. It's either porn or it's like a rape revenge like, or exploitation. It's never both. Um, so yeah, this is fascinating to me but yeah i mean i would recommend it if you can handle this kind of material i would say check it out because it's completely unlike anything i've ever seen but if this is not your bag don't watch it it's gonna it'll just ruin your day um so yeah that's uh (laughs) that's intrusion (laughs) y'all um so let's we could do one of the double features uh let's do sunny and more than sisters um Brad, I know you saw Sunny, so I'll let you talk about that one first, and then I'll jump on More Than Sisters. Wait, which one are we talking about? Uh, Sunny. I gotta, I gotta pull it up because I, like I said, some of these run together. Yeah, right, it's so one of the double uh, feature packs. 
I can't remember that one. Is this about the prostitute? Yeah. Okay, 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 okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> that's funny how you can, like, totally pin it out when there's probably a, a billion of these with prostitutes. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was, it's fine. I mean, it's, it, it's serviceable. The, the acting isn't too bad. Um, it's got a really bland story though. Like it feels like it once, like it's an X-rated, uh, romance novel. Yes. You know, like, cause it has to deal with like greed and like a, a overbearing mother, like worried about her son and like that, that's very romance novel-y. Yeah, and that's, I, I just feel that we get the X-rated, you know, the, the, you know, the, the, the butt. The butts and the tushies, and well, that's yeah. the same thing. But you know, the, the P and the V. But um, I, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's just it's just a little mediocre. But it really feels like a romance novel, like based on you know works by Carol Lee Andrews. And <laughs> that's just a name I just made up because they always have those three names on those romance <laughs> novels. But that's what it just feels like. I, I mean, I don't know if there's anything too special about it, but um, yeah, I mean, it's fine. Yeah, I mean, I was same thing. This is very much kind of like your run of the mill, like sex film. It like there's really nothing to write home about it. If this is like a, a casual viewing, this isn't like special date night. This is fast yeah. food. This is fast food porn. Um, so yeah, it's not it's not bad, but it's it's fine. Yeah, I um, think I should have watched more than Sisters, probably. Yeah, so <laughs> both of these films are directed by uh, Sean Costello, so that's why they're together. More than Sisters um, is a hell of a... I don't want to call it false advertising, because that's selling it short. Um, this is a lot weirder and a lot darker than I thought it was going to be. Um, More Than Sisters just seems like the director watched Brian De Palma's sisters um, and then decided to make something like a, like a sex film in a, in a psychiatric hospital. Um, the, like the filmmaking style is a, a million percent ripped off of De Palma, which is super weird to see like a sex film with De Palma influences. Um, there is like an orgy scene, but it's not erotic at all uh, because it's in a psych ward and there's a lot of really weird, <sighs> everything in it is just framed really weird. So you're just uncomfortable the whole time. Like it's one of those things where it's like, I kind of have a boner, but I don't think I'm supposed to have a boner. Um, it's not like intrusion where it's like, this is brutal. It's just weird. So you're, it, it's just very confusing to watch because I, I'm not sure how I'm supposed to feel about it. Um, I mean, the, the performances in it are fine. Like they're nothing crazy. Um, Jamie Gillis is in it and, you know, they're, they're in a lot of, a lot of the films we've seen. Um, he's always al- great though. Yeah. But also, uh, Robert Kerman is in it, um, who is in Cannibal Holocaust and he plays one of, uh, like a sadistic doctor and like, that's also kind of weird. Um, I would say the, the transfer on this is not, not great. Um, there's a couple of moments that have kind of like print 
print uh like print damage um it's not super jarring but it is there so um they obviously did the best that they possibly could um kind of like intrusion yeah like it's it's not it's not like that movie that prince beat the shit it's not like how in um oh god what is that the undertaker it's not like the undertaker where it like just straight up jumps into something that looks nothing like anything else like if you're paying attention you'll notice it um but yeah, it's just, it's a weird, weird De Palma-esque, psychiatric, sadistic sex film where the sex isn't erotic, but it's still, like, kind of titillating. Um, so if you want to confuse, confuse your boner, like, this is one to watch. Um, but My boners are always confused. <laughs> but uh, of the two, I would recommend Sunny. Sunny is your more standard porno fare. More Than Sisters is the one that's a little bit more adventurous as far as tackling the structure of a sex film so all in all it's a pretty solid double feature because there's they're both by the same person but they're wildly different so you know, i have to watch that just because of the whole the palma aspect but and I, i'm if i'm remembering correctly i'm pretty sure that the music samples like some hitchcock films too like i want to say there's like vertigo or some shit in it i'd have to look that up which i didn't do because i'm a bad podcast host, but I'm pretty sure that they sample, <laughs> they sample some Hitchcock sound in it, which even further is weird in De Palma since De Palma is basically just like one giant love letter to Hitchcock, whether you want to admit that or not. Um, that's what he is. So having De Palma's filmmaking style and Hitchcock's music plus sex, it's real weird. Mm-hmm. But I mean, so yeah, that's that's that double feature. Um one of the other Blu-rays that they put out is Matinee Idol. Mm. Which is a uh a romantic comedy sex film sort of. I don't know how to describe it. Um I had a lot of fun with it. It's super super bananas um it's i've watched so much porn in the last like four <laughs> days my brain is turning to much. i i i talked about this um a little <laughs> bit it was because you know i i i like for me i like to have um you know well-made porno films or something with a good cast and that's one thing that i focused on this one with you know with um with uh, k parker's in it um john uh john leslie you know um uh her hand her her savage like the movie's fun to me like it's yeah. it's got a decent cast and this is one of these porno films that reminds me of like, cause you know, what I mentioned before is that uh, most of the time, especially now, we have all these dark tales of mm-hmm. what happens in the porn industry, and you know, most of them are true. Um, it just seems that, like, at this time, it's, especially with this film being made, this is a time where it was fun, you know, where everybody is having a good time. Oh yeah, you know, on set and off set, like there wasn't all this other bullshit, and I think that kind of you know, emulates on the screen and when you're sitting in your living room watching this, uh, like to me, matinee idol's fun. Whether it's, you know, you're looking at the storyline or nothing, it's goofy, but it's, it's just a fun time. And that's kind of how I look at it. 
And this is one too that you can tell every, like every single person involved in this was dedicated to making this movie. The easiest way that I can tell if people don't want to be there is by the costuming. And the costuming in this movie is very, it feels very deliberate. It feels like the outfits were picked for the scenes, for the scenario. They didn't just throw something on them and said, Hey, it's a fuck film. Who cares? Like the colors are so vibrant in all of the outfits the women wear. Um, and that to me is just like, that's the sign that like everyone here is really excited to be working on what they're doing. Um, Kay Parker is, you know, great always. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is, this is one of the more lighthearted sort of fun skin flicks, but it's nothing crazy special in my opinion. I mean, I had, like, I had fun with it, but this is one that I, pr- I probably won't revisit, but I'm not upset that I watched it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's really about it. Um, I dig it. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. I mean, I recommend it. Um, so there's that. Uh, what should we go to next? Cause I feel like there's a bunch of packs. Yeah. There's, um, yeah, there's like three more packs. And then one more um, Okay. So uh, one of the packs is Afternoon Delights in Slave of Pleasure, which is one of the Picaramas. Um. Oh, God. I have to remember which one is which at this point. See, this is what happens when you just watch all of them. They I do kind imagine, of blend together. I, I couldn't imagine. Yeah. Especially so the Picaramas. The Picaramas, <laughs> like, Jesus. Um. Well, I think Afternoon Delights is the one I saw. That's the one with um, the poker night with... Um, yeah, talking about sexual indiscretions. Yeah, with with, with the couples and, yeah. and stuff like that. So, yeah. Um, which is another... Has rape in it. Yep, sure does. Wow. You know, but... Um, I, yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those where... Like they try, like it, it feels that they're, you know, it's funny because these, this is direct, these are directed by the, um, Sean Costello guy that we just talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so with this one, and I guess this makes sense, like he's just all over the place. Um, but with this one, it feels like they're trying too hard to try to intertwine these stories. But I mean, really is just, it's a, a anthology of sex. Yeah, you it know? really is. And, and and that's that's what it is and they try to like spin it all together. It's like the VHS of of pornos. Mhm. Um the VHS series where it's like how do we tie these together? Ah. Just do some. Except yeah. this except this anthology has Vanessa Del Rio and <laughs> she's a cutie, man. Vanessa Del Rio rules. Um she she goes to um her her whole scene was my favorite. Um, because it's like this, the most, like the most dear penthouse or like penthouse forum scenario ever. So Vanessa Del Rio, she goes in her like story is that she goes into a, like a porno theater, like a triple X theater, dressed like a man as if it's like fucking Shakespearean time. And she's not allowed to be there for whatever reason. And she gets like super aroused watching the movie and then starts banging all the dudes in the theater, which is like never going to happen in a million years. But it's a really good scene, um, and it was it was my favorite one. It was easily my favorite one. Um, 
So yeah, there's there's that. Yeah, um, and I didn't watch this uh, Slave of Pleasure though. So, so uh, okay, Slave of Pleasure. I'm gonna give you a one line description, and <laughs> I feel like Sean Costello is like that kid who went to film school and then decided that all of his influences he wanted to like make a, a film in homage to all of them, but he did that with pornography. <laughs> So, Slave of Pleasure, the mistress of a man who she is having an affair with makes a deal with white slave traders to kidnap his wife. (laughs) All right. So, it's like Taken (laughs) 2, but with porn. Um, It's it's very much trying to be like a sexy detective movie, Um, but with white slave rings. I <laughs> this is very much like more than sisters where it's it should not be a sex movie like this should like this this should have been just it is taken to that's what it is it's taken to with sex like I don't know how else to pitch this but there's like not as like there's no fighting in the way that like you get with Liam Neeson and taken to but it's just it doesn't make any fucking sense instead like there's of, instead of punching throats they're deep thrown. I yes. hate Whoa. so much. Whoa. <laughs> um, the 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 sex scenes are okay. There's actually a pretty awesome S and M scene in it. Um, but it's it's weird because like the sexual politics in it are a little uncomfortable because I mean they're white slave traders, so they're like taking people and turning them into nymphomaniacs, which is what really happens to people that are trafficked. Um so yeah, it's it's weird to watch this and think like they were trying to be titillating, but it's definitely about human trafficking. Um and that's not sexy. That's a, like a I guess back then it might have been a little bit more acceptable, but given that like trafficking is a huge problem now, like I morally can't turn that switch in my brain. And I know that that's on me. So if you can, you know, kind of separate the reality from the art, it's, it's, the, the sex scenes are really, really good. But I'm one of those weirdos who invests too much into the story of porn. Um, so the fact that it's trafficked women or white slave trade women, um, it bothers me a little bit. Um, so. There's there's that, but it is it is a pretty solid lineup between the two. I think that I think I would recommend this one more than I would Sunny and more than Sisters. I think these both just have a higher quality as far as sex is concerned, and that's what this whole segment is for. Um, so these overall, I think, are better are better films than the other two. Yeah, I'll have to watch. I mean, this Sean Costello guy is. Um... He has some, um, maybe some depth. Even though his movies might not be great, at least he's not making the same movie over and over and over again. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like, I don't know yeah. why I said I mean. I didn't need to say that. But no, you're absolutely right. Like, his and the, his films, like somebody like Bob Chin, I would say, is like an like an auteur of yeah. what he did. Yeah, he's he's very different. He never makes the same film twice, that type of thing. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's kind of cool. I, I was not very familiar with this guy's work before. So, kudos to you, Vinegar Syndrome, as per usual. 
Um, let's see. There is a triple pack, um, from, from them of a, a director named Ralph Eli or Ralph L. Um, and he did my master, my love teenage masseuse and one that's just called more. Mm. Yeah. This is when I'm trying to remember stuff. Um so let's uh let, tell me tell me something. Okay, so I'm trying to remember. Uh, my master my love has um uh a, like a like a dude in a turtleneck and there's a house sitter. Mm, I don't think I saw that one. Okay, so this one, I'm going to be completely honest, I fast-forwarded through most of it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I just, I was very porned out (laughs) at this point, so this entire, this entire triple feature, I'm not going to be the best at reviewing it, because I didn't watch all of them, I just (laughs) went through it. There's, God, there, there are 11 discs, guys, there's so much porn, and like, there's so many, so many hours in a day. Um... But yeah, this one, uh, this one has, uh, Darby Lloyd Rains in it, um, who, I'm trying to think what else she was in that would have been in, uh, Vinegar Syndrome. Uh, she's in Both Ways. Oh, yeah. I like Both Ways. That's a unique movie. Yeah. So, I know we've talked about that one before, but, um, she's in it that's really all i can tell you um because i didn't really watch that one uh teenage masseuse um is super weird um it's not a teenager uh it's a college student um it's probably luckily. a good thing hey, yeah. she could be 18 <laughs> that's true that's true true um so in this one um it has bobby astier um bobby astier is in uh, a lot of movies around this time um and he usually plays kind of like dorky characters but in this one he plays somebody who wants to be like a dom so he has all of these like sex dreams where he's like got women tied up and like in a dungeon and he's wearing like leather man panties oh this is the one with um that annie girl um annie uh annie sprinkle annie sprinkle yeah 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 i okay i i saw this one yeah, so Annie Sprinkles in this one, there's like, there, one, there's a lot of leather. This is a New York one, right? Yes. Okay, okay, yeah. Yes. Um, this, <laughs> um, <laughs> there's, I can't get over leather man panties. I, there's like leather man panties and candles <laughs> in some of these dreams, which just makes me laugh for whatever reason. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's I think it's geared to be a comedy. It just it doesn't. Yeah, it just doesn't. It's just so goofy. It just doesn't achieve anything. Like it's just try to be goofy on screen to make us laugh rather than I don't know. I don't know. Actually, writing comedy, it's right? Just, it's just like visualizing comedy, and it's not really that funny. I don't know. Yeah, it. No, <laughs> I mean. I'm not upset. There's another one. I'm not upset that I watched it, but there's, eh. <laughs> I yeah. mean, it's it's kind of there. Um, and then the last one is more, which is 
super fucking weird. This one, I kind of like, again, I sped through a lot of these. Um, but it's real weird. Um, Brie Anthony is in it. Um, Brie Anthony has a horrendous French accent for God knows what reason. Um, she is, she's been featured before. Um, oh God, I think she's not, I don't know if she's in reunion. Uh, I can't remember. She's, she's in something else that Vinegar Syndrome's done before. Um, but yeah, she has like this awful wig and a bad French accent and it's this one the humor in it is very juvenile but it never feels justified so to combine that with a like actual like actual hardcore sex acts mm. just makes it kind of an uncomfortable watch and a very confusing one um because it never feels like slapsticky and fun it just feels very immature and then having sex, which Oh, I'm this is not the, really a fan um of. like the detective one with Harry Reams, yeah. right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I I'm with you on this. I think maybe this whole set's just weird. I don't know if this was just um, like a guy who was trying to make comedic porn but doesn't know how to be funny. But that's kind of what yeah, it feels there's, like. Um he's like investigating a missing person or something or yeah. It's a murder or something. And, yeah. um, yeah, it's just, it just never achieves anything. And the thing I think that hurts most is that if I remember correctly, both of these movies are like extremely short. Yeah. They're both barely over an hour. So, like, I just don't know if he just didn't have the material or he just couldn't translate what he wanted the actors to do. And he was just like, all right, just end up, just fuck, you know, <laughs> like we can't do this. Just fuck. We're cut the budget. You know, I'll make another movie. That, that's that, that's kind of how it felt. Like they, they feel really rushed, and you know, it, and it, I, like everything's too short. Even the sex scenes. Well, and I feel like these films would have benefited from being shorts. Like it feels like they he didn't have enough material to make it into a feature, but then he has too much like bullshit that you don't need stretching it out. Like had he just done these as like scenes. And maybe done like an anthology of like New York scenes or whatever. Like that, I think that would have been better. But instead, it's like three barely over an hour films that have a lot of unnecessary shit that you don't need. And then because of that, the sex scenes kind of suffer because you have to have some sort of through line to connect them all together. And it doesn't feel like they really had that. Um, of all of the compilations, this one is my least favorite mm. because yeah. clearly I didn't really even watch it. I just kind of sped through and looked at the sex and went, <laughs> nope. Um, so we got uh, the last yeah, it's part not that of the great. package. Uh, the last package here. I'm, we're, I'm not sure what months these are, but uh, it's all right. You, you guys will find them. So, um, so we got three more here. Out of these last three, um, which is the the best one, the one worth talking about the most? Um, Touch of Genie, Never Sleep Alone, and then Pleasure Maze slash Lover's Lane. Well, for me, a Touch of Genie for sure. Yeah, I agree. Um, I do. I will say, I do like Never Sleep Alone. I don't hate it. Um, again, Sharon Mitchell, big fan. Um, Joanna Storm in it as well, big fan. Um, but Touch of Genie is that. That's the best one of of that group, and because it has a. Fucking what's his nuts in it? That weird looking guy. 
What's his nuts? I can't Harry remember Rings? his name. <laughs> no, uh, no, he's the guy that's in the beginning. Of, yeah, uh, he's on the co- he's on the cover of it. He has like yeah, a very long face. Yeah, he's so goofy. Um, yeah, he's in a bunch of stuff. I can't think of what it yeah, is. But I don't even think they feature his name on the front cover no, of the movie. I was just that probably on not. Um, Douglas Stone. Oh. Thank you, Jesus. Oh my God, that was making Boom. me crazy. Because he, he's, this movie, I think, is more. He's in com- normal movies, too. Like, he's, right. Yeah, that's, he's and that's really what I know a, him from. He's but not I can't, really a pornographic actor. No, cause this, and that's the thing, is that Touch of Genie is more, to me, this, like, this is the slapsticky kind of horror, or horror, slapsticky kind of, like, porno that I wanted the previous triple feature to be. Like yeah. this, this was way more fun. Um, it's got some hilarious fucking dialogue. Yeah, it's like it's super clever. Um, there's some physical comedy in it, but it's physical comedy that works. Um, and I think that if you can get physical comedy to work in pornography, like that's always a good sign because pornography is nothing but physicality. Um, yeah, this one's really fun. I think this one. I don't. I don't know how. Or, like, I should have looked up who color corrected this, but the color correction on this is fucking awesome. Like, it is beautiful to look at. Like, the the one chick's eyeshadow, like, fucking flies off of the screen. Um, what is her name? I'm so bad at names, guys. This is terrible. You're, um, like, you're like me sometimes. That's what happens. Yeah, I, it just, just takes it takes like a few minutes to register the. I'll the probably name. scream it at like three in the morning. Like <laughs> <laughs> we'll have long since been done recording. I'll just scream some random ass name. Um, well, I mean, all I, I I know that Tina Russell is in it, and um, Lynn uh, Stevens uh, is in it. I the one that I thought was hilarious. The name was the mom. Her name. Her stage name is Ultramax. <laughs> and I like when I saw it on screen, I was like, wait, is that a dude? And then I looked it up and it's a girl. And I was like, what? <laughs> and she's she's the one that was like, maybe save that milk for me. <laughs> Ultramax. Oh, oh, it's so God. good. Yeah, I do like this one. And this one is... um. This one's a little bit shorter too, but it doesn't feel very short. Um, I don't know; it, it feels like a like a solid film. But no, yeah. I like this. I like this one. Um, I think this one's super fun. Uh, Mark Stevens is also in it. Um, yeah, I think. Yeah, this is this is. This is one of the stronger releases that they that they did, and that's probably why it's on Blu-ray. Yeah, I, I think there's something in it for everybody, and it, like I said, also being a Joe Sarno movie, like you know, the sex it, is good in it. Yeah, it has it's real good. It has a lot of you know good qualities. Yeah, it's fun. Like this is a this is a fun one. This is the one that you can watch with your partner and have a good time with. So, mm-hmm. I recommend it and. I'm, I want to find out who color corrected it because, like, the color correction on this, I can't stress it enough. It's it's so good, and I don't know why I care about that because 
<laughs> that's the stupidest thing to care about in a porno but i like it damn it i like they, it they they treat a lot of these restorations like you guys have said like just like any other you know they're they're not like well this is just a sex film like they treat every restoration right. like a like a good restoration they don't you know they do the best they can on everything that's what that's why i like vinegar vinegar syndrome so much you know yeah and I do like that the uh, the character design for the genie is just as much teal eyeshadow as possible. <laughs> like that's how you signal that somebody is magic and otherworldly. Just teal eyeshadow. So what's uh, what's never sleep alone about? Is that uh, anything interesting in that one? Um, I took all my notes down because I didn't think we were going to talk about this, it. This this is the one with um. It's got a great cast. It has, um, uh, well, I mean, I say that it's like the same actors and everything. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's all the same. So, I mean, it has, has the normal people, Herschel. So, no, it has, this one has Ron Jeremy, which is gross. Um, but <laughs> Yeah, uh, but it has Joey Silv- uh, Silvera jo- in it. Joey Silvera, which, I mean, the thing is, is like you watch Joey Silvera then, and then like you figured out what he started doing like later on, and then you're like, oh, I didn't know that. Because, you know, like, he went through that, like, trans phase. Like, he mm-hmm. just made a bunch of trans porn. And I was like, wait a second. Joey Silvera, I didn't know you liked that dick, too. Um, so, yeah, he liked that dick. Uh, John Leslie. Um, but, yeah, Sharon Mitchell's in this one, too. Um, mm-hmm. th- this is the one I was actually looking forward to. Um, so, I... It's just- basically, like, it's an open marriage, and it's... This married couple and their yeah. extracurricular activities. Like, that's the best way to, to describe yeah, and it. And I was, like, super pumped about it, because it, like, I don't know, from the front cover, like, I was, ex- I just, I don't know, I was expecting more. Um, But it, it, it's, it, the sex is okay. It's just, Ron Jeremy's in it. <laughs> yeah, he's gross. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't, and it's skinny Ron Jeremy, too, and guess what? Still gross. <laughs> um... I don't understand how he was ever as popular as he is because he's, he's disgusting. The, he's like, the ever, I don't care. He's the everyman. With the I don't care how big your no, dick is. Like not. you're disgusting. No, no, he's not the everyman. That's what I'm guessing. Not even close. Right on. All right. Uh, we need to start wrapping up. But uh, anything yeah. as far as this Picarama goes, uh, Lovers Lane and Pleasure Maze. Anything is it? Uh, can we say standard Picarama? Kind of just throw it in, have some fun with it, or well, this, that's the only one that I didn't okay. see, but right, I know right. one of them. They're like a robot, oh. so I'm excited to oh. see it because I don't. And it's <laughs> obviously like low budget porn robot, so you're not getting like ex machina yeah. or anything. You're getting just like a girl who's standing with stiff arm, <laughs> and I want to see that shit. Yeah, that's the one I should have watched. I watched the Lovers Lane. Instead, and it's just like it's just another like anthology okay. uh, thing where this is the one I got confused with the other one mm-hmm. with the husbands and wife. <laughs> but yeah, this one is um, basically a bunch of girls just talk about their best sexual experiences up like on Lovers Lane. Okay. Right. Um, so the, the sex is okay, and you, the girls are a lot of fun because they're giggly and cute, you know, and they're you know talking like girls do about dicks and stuff. So, um, as a met, well, what I think that girls talk like <laughs> when they talk about dicks and stuff. Um, so, but yeah, I should have watched fucking Pleasure Maze because then I'm watching, I saw this thing about they're called night droids. Yeah. Jesus <laughs> night Christ. Droids. I need to watch, I need to read the descriptions of these things before I watch them. You do. This is the, what we run into where it's, <laughs> where we're judging a book by its cover. <laughs> hey, I sometimes that's the best way with porno. Yep. 
but sometimes it's horrifically misleading. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. Well, there we go. Yeah. Yeah. That's the yeah. back room, everybody. That's the back room. Um, yeah. Welcome to as it. As I said earlier, before we, before the back room, um, you can get uh, the new, you can get the October package and the, I believe the September package still over on vinegarsyndrome.com. A lot of good titles on there. Um, so please check them out. I also want to thank our sponsors. Head over to thescreamcast.com slash sponsors and check all them out. Most notably, Grindhouse Video. Um, Hell Make sure yes. you check with them. I just yeah. got a couple movies from, from Grindhouse Video. I just got uh, The Slayer and Ronan. So, no, dude. came in the mail today, and my ever. daughter opened up opened up the package, and I, I let her know she's not allowed to touch uh, my mail at all because I want the satisfaction of opening up my Grindhouse Video mail. What's also sweet is that Grindhouse Video is the exclusive retailer of the filmography of Dustin Mills, who I've talked about on here for yep. people who like shoestring budget horror films or weird puppet horror mm-hmm. movies where maybe I may or may not be a voice of one of those puppets. Um, but Grand House Video is the only place you can get physical copies of it. Very nice. Also, just fucking Coffee rad. Shop of Horrors. Check them out at coffeeshopofhorrors.com. Use the code SCREAMCAST to get 10% off your order. Um, and then uh, music by Wolfman of Mars and art by Ink Splatters. Also want to give a shout out to Maintain. M-A-I-N-T-A-I-N-N for keeping our website and our store locked down and safe from fucking asshole uh, spammers and shit and hackers. Yeah. So, all right. Well, that's going to do it for uh, this week's Screamcast, everybody. We'll talk to you next time. See you guys. Thanks for the porno. (laughs) Okay, bye. See ya. Oh, don't tell me you're leaving. But it's just begun.